0: Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe and I'm here to tell you a story. A story of prophecy and destiny. A story of plastic princes and rings of crystal. A story of dreams, different worlds and teenage life. A story about a strange connection between two very different people. Proudly presenting part one of Kira's Quest, Awakenings. A fantastic fantasy story written by Christy Brown. Personally, I love this kind of fantasy where wonderful worlds and fantastic destinies intermingle with our own more mundane reality. I sincerely hope you enjoy this episode too. Please let me know what you think by leaving a comment, a like or review and subscribing to whatever platform you're listening on. This episode is sponsored by the Eyesborne Wellbeing Charity. The Eyesborne offers classes, courses and workshops, as well as one-to-one therapies and bespoke workplace wellbeing programmes, either online or at their centre in Cheltenham, Gloucestershire. They focus on making well-being accessible to as many people as they can, and have a number of free courses and resources to go along with their affordable price structure. For more information, head over to iceborne.org or click the link in the description. Should you wish to support the show, please check out talesbythefireside.com/support, and stay tuned for part two coming out next week. Now, please get comfortable, let go of the daylight and join me for our story Kira's Quest Part 1 Awakenings Chapter 1 Zack's throat grew tighter barely able to breathe sweat dripped from his brow What did I do wrong? He gasped, seeing only darkness. Invisible hands clamped around his neck. Please, stop. His limbs became heavy like lead weights. Knowing this to be the end, he managed to push out with a shallow breath. I'm sorry. The vice around his throat loosened, discarding him like a crumpled tissue. Maybe an apology was all it needed. Minutes passed, feeling like an eternity. It seemed quiet in the icy air. Zack dared not move. Trying to collect his thoughts, attempting to regulate his breathing. Straining to catch a glimpse of his jailer, but he was unable to see past his own shadow. The presence watched, enjoying the show. Waves of emotions passed within him. Pain. Loneliness, emptiness, dread. But most of all, fear. Fear seeping in, like black ink coursing through every vein, devouring all consciousness. For the first time ever, Zack felt totally alone. He knew if he could scream, no one would hear it. If he tried to run, his legs would not aid him. Who are you? Who am I? Who am I? The voice somehow seemed strangely familiar as it broke into a spine-chilling laughter. Don't you know, it mocked. Look hard, deep into yourself. You know who I am. I am your darkest fear when you close your eyes. I lie in wait at your very core. Who am I? Zack fiddled with the dull glass ring on his middle finger. It had belonged to his mother. Just touching it reminded him of her warm smile, her golden silky hair, and the lullaby she sang to tuck him up each night. You're the witch queen, he realised. He'd waited so long for answers, but still was not face to face with this cold-blooded murderer. You killed my mother. Clever, clever Zacky. Clever child, she hissed. Your mother would be so proud of you. Silence fell upon him, aching with sadness, skin burning in anger. If he was about to die in this cave, he needed answers. Why her? I should have ruled this world. I should have been queen. She was useless. I'll do better. It should have been me at your father's side. She never loved him, spitting out the words as if they were poison. But you did, Zack asked. You love my father? Silly boy, silly little Zacky, I do not love. It's a weakness which eats you alive, swallows you whole, then moves on to dessert. Has she tasted this bitter pain? I got sweet revenge on sad, cowardly Helen... By pushing her into a drug pit, they tore into her like a yummy treat. Tears pushed under his eyelids, unable to swallow for the boulder like lump blocking his windpipe. Tossed from one to the other like a little raggedy doll, she sang with great malice. Zack, now broken, wept, no longer able to hold the tears at bay, giving in to the despair picturing his mother's gruesome death. The Witch Queen poked a spindly leather finger into Zack's cheek, her face still covered by a veil of darkness. Watching his tears run down her long, ugly finger, he noticed a very familiar glass ring at the end of it. Shaking in disbelief, he looked again, recognising his father's ring. Time slowed. Sweat gushed over him like hot rain. "'Father?' he cried. "'Father?' knowing the only response would be that of his own echoes chasing each other around the stone cave walls. "'He's gone,' she said, stepping a little closer. He could just make out a pair of empty eyes, searching them wildly for a hint of compassion, but there was none to be found. Like hard coal, these eyes were dead inside. "'No. "'No,' he pleaded kneeling on the floor, arms clasping his chest. I will rule, Xantar. It's meant to be. All will live in fear of my gaze upon them. I thought you might have been my biggest barrier, but as I look upon you crying like an infant, I find you weak, boy. It will be easy to send you to join your parents. It's only fair after all. The Witch Queen took a step back, He could see her bony outline as she held her hands aloft and chanted. Flames shot from her hands and bolted toward him. Vibrant reds and dancing oranges licked at his heels, engulfing him. He stumbled back. The chanting became more urgent. Zack raised both his hands to shield his eyes. This is it. I'm finished. I Couldn't save my family or my people. I'm nothing. At that moment, the air cooled opening an eye, feeling safe from the heat. A pure force of light shielded him, bringing the fire to a halt. Bizarrely, the force poured out from his mother's ring, which now shone all the colours of the rainbow. In her own way, she still watched over him and protected him. Feeling the wrath of the Witch Queen sliding away, strength glided back through his being once more. Slowly rising to his feet, Feeling strangely confident, this new resolve seemed to anger the witch further. She tried once again to execute her enemy, throwing arrow upon arrow of flesh-stripping fire, but to no avail. Her efforts bounced off the protective shield like hail against a windowpane. Damn your wretched mother and your proud father! If I cannot kill you, I'll make you wish I had! A high-pitched squeal. A flash of white light and Zack began to fall, unable to feel his body or open his eyes. There were no sounds. The heartbeat pounding in his chest moments ago fell deathly silent. And all went black. Chapter 2 Kira cranked up the volume to the edge of its limits and danced around the room. Singing along, hairbrush in hand, throwing in the odd harmony or two. Imagining herself on a smoke-filled set, a wind machine blowing her hair wildly about her face for dramatic effect. She would be wearing a black off-the-shoulder number, combat trousers and army boots. Her almond eyes dripping in eyeliner, her lips redder than anger itself. In reality... Her chocolate brown hair was an uncombed mess pulled into a scrunchie atop her head and she wore a green velvety dressing gown and Scooby-Doo slippers, singing and twirling into the arms of an imaginary chiselled hunk while strutting along the landing. Kira froze mid-breath. Maddie stood at the foot of the stairway, chewing her frizzy red hair to stifle the laughter. Your uh, uncle let me in. How long have you been there? Kira asked, feeling herself blush from scrunchie to slippers. Long enough, Maddie teased. Who'd have thought it? Kira Matthews. By day, innocent schoolgirl. By night, secret diva. Don't tell anyone, Kira pleaded. Okay, okay, but you owe me an ice cream. Maddie smirked. Came to see if you want to go out. Thought we'd meet up with the boys at the beach. Cool, Kira replied. But give me a chance to freshen up. Don't want to scare him. She began attacking her hair with the brush. Uncle Tom popped his head round the corner. Will you be a doll and take Terence? He's still settling in. Just watch him while I'm at work. Grinning at the girls, shoving the terrier onto Kira. Cheers! he yelled, rushing out the door. Come on, you mangy mutt, Kira rubbed his head. Let's get your lead. Terence bounded after her like a crazed monkey awaiting a banana. Uh Mate, you might want to get dressed first, Maddie shouted. It was a beautiful, lazy day in the small seaside town of Stanforth. Being a week before tourist season, it was just the locals. Kira had lived here with her uncle for as long as she could remember. She knew about her mother, some semi-famous country singer named Lynn Matthews. Her father's details were a little hazier. Apparently he was a roadie. Kira would receive the odd allowance check from her mother, but Uncle Tom dealt with all that. Lynn Matthews had gone on tour in Australia years ago and never returned. Kira couldn't remember the woman and had become an expert in pretending not to care, sometimes getting an overpowering urge to secretly Google the singer, but black and white facts about your birth mother just frustrated and angered her further. Photographs online of a smiling liar made Kira feel sick. If the subject of her parents ever arose... She would simply shrug off the sickly, cramping knot in her gut, the pain of knowing that they didn't want her. How hey, here come speedy and weedy!' shouted Daz, as he and Joe watched the girls rolling up. Kira frowned. He always called them this, even though they were quite proficient on skates. They never questioned which was which, but both secretly hoped they weren't the latter. "'What's this?' Joe asked. "'Thought you were working in your uncle's shop today. You kill him off or something?' "'Whatever.' Kira shrugged. I told you before, it pays for my singing lessons. His way of keeping tabs on you more light, Daz mumbled. He's in a good mood, and the shop's not busy yet, Kira said, licking Daz an evil look. I do have to do the stock count tomorrow. Will you guys meet me afterward? There's a new Channing Tatum movie I want to see. Oh, I do so love a Tatum, Joe raised an eyebrow. Me too. He's just so cute, Daz gushed. Girls took off skating along the beach path. Maddie pulled Kira's arm and they hung back from the boys. Notice how Joe's face lit up when he saw you. No, Kira replied, taking no nonsense of this Joe rubbish. We're just great friends, as I keep telling you. Well, you just keep your blinkers on, Missy, said Maddie, shaking her head. That's what we think. We, Kira asked, coming to a halt. Me and Daz, we think you're made for each other. Maddy poked Kira's side. You want to know what I think? I think you two have got far too much time on your hands. Just because you and dad are like picking out curtains, I'm here to tell you there will be no joint wedding. Sticking her nose dramatically in the air, Kira skated after Terence. The four friends hung out all day. The girls skated up and down, trying to impress the boys with their mediocre tricks. The boys pretended to ignore them, deep in conversation about the big sci-fi sequel due out and Joe's new trial bike. The four seemed unbreakable. This was Kira's family now. With them, she felt wanted. Happy. But if she stopped to think just for a second, she became restless. Somewhere deep down inside was a puzzle she couldn't solve. This feeling made her uneasy, so she buried it away and kept it hidden. In her dreams, though, came the desire to seek it out. In her dreams, something, or someone, was seeking her. Chapter 3 Eight Moshi monsters, eleven Star Wars figures, thirty-two sets of marbles, nineteen buckets and spades, sang Kira to the tune of A Partridge in a Pear Tree. Humming along, trying to keep a merry outlook on the monotonous task at hand, Seven whoopee cushions, eight kite sets, four packs of cards, and a weird looking male Barbie doll. She stopped singing and looked at the last item again. You're not on my list. Must be a new promo line. I'll pop you on the desk, not sure what to do with you. Kira began counting again. Twenty one yo-yos, nine skittle sets, she boomed in full soprano style. Zack's eyes shot open. He'd woken abruptly. "'startled, and let out an overwhelming gasp "'as if he'd been held under water for centuries. "'A noise, a voice, greeted him like a chorus of birdsong. "'No, an angel, or some higher being. "'Was he dead, then? "'Was this the afterlife? "'Unable to move, strapped down, "'pinned by his arms and legs and across his chest "'was a restricting band. "'Was this a coffin? "'There was no air, panicking.' His eyes darted about, beginning to focus, seeing blurred outlines in various shades of grey. Kira wrote the last number on the worksheet and gazed at the clock. It was only 5.45. What shall I do till six? Turning to file the day's findings, gaze falling upon the doll she'd put to one side. Ah, yes, I forgot about you. Scanning the contents of the box. Doll, clothes, shoes, and... Ah, a cool ring. Reaching down inside the box to try it on. Her uncle wouldn't mind. Sliding her hand past the doll, she retrieved the ring. Oh, it fits. Kira had never seen one like it. Simple in its design, yet quite unique. Its clear glass was cut into tiny squares. As she angled it differently, it threw out various reflective patterns. A prism of colours emanating a rainbow around the dimly lit storeroom. Wow, she gasped. Help, Zack whispered. Help. There was no power in his voice. Anybody? Kira shuddered, like someone had walked over her grave. Please help me. The voice was weak, but audible. Kira spun around, shaking her head, laughing at herself. She wasn't usually in the shop alone, but Uncle Tom said it was just a stock take and the store would be locked so it would be safe. "'God, I'm bored. Guess there's time to dress you, little prince. Or I could leave you in your royal underwear. I'll make you all handsome and put you in the window display. Who knows? Someone might buy you.' "'So now I'm talking to myself.' "'Great.' Kira yanked the doll free from the box, ripping it from the plastic binds. "'Oh, God,' thought Zack, as a giant hand came toward him. "'I'm not dead. I shrunk!' closing his eyes as a huge sun shone down, its brightness almost blinding. Kira adjusted the desk lamp over the doll to see what went where. For a second, she could have sworn she caught the tiniest movement in the doll's eyes. must have been the ring catching the light or something, she told herself, bringing the doll up toward her face for closer inspection. Ah, this is it. The giant is going to eat me. Alive. Trying to kick his way to freedom, but still had no feeling in both legs. Paralyzed. To be chewed alive. I should have asked for death when the witch offered it. Please don't eat me, Zack begged. Do it quickly. Don't chew. Do it quick. Kira gasped, hurling the doll to the far side of the room. No way, no way. Did you just speak? Backing up into the corner. Zack tornadoed through space. Hitting the wall on the other side of the room sprawling like wet spaghetti onto the floor knock knock Kira jumped then remembered the guys would be waiting at the front of the store running up the basement stairs and through the shop she fumbled about with the huge bunch of keys come on, come on eventually unlocking the door Kira fled from the building leaving the little doll half dressed inside what's up? you look like you've seen a ghost Joe asked and she nearly tripped over his feet Come on, get a move on. We've been here at least a minute, Daz laughed. Kira ripped the ring from her finger and stuffed it into her jeans pocket, composing herself before turning to her friends. Zack's terror grew stronger now than his earlier encounter with evil itself. A clown and a plastic dinosaur towered above. Were they guarding him until the strange giant returned? Or were they here to torture him? Was this the Witch Queen's idea of fun? He had so many questions. He lay motionless. What in the name of Xantar was happening? Unable to connect with his destiny, all consciousness faded. He became lost once more. Come on, we'll be late. We can't keep Channing waiting. Maddie linked arms with Kira, dragging her along. Kira glanced back toward the shop. Alarm bells rang frantically within, her pulse pounding in her ears. What on earth just happened? Chapter 4 The circular shaped room had prison bars instead of walls, like a giant birdcage, only there were no beautiful birds chirping away inside. Dozens of prisoners were held by the bars and looked in toward the witch queen on her throne, the vulture of death. The room was sparse of objects and atmosphere and reeked of betrayal and stale meat. You should pull the curtains across, my queen, hissed Googe, the witch-queen's loyal imp. You should not have to look upon such plague. The queen was vaguely bemused, as Googe had obviously never seen his own lizard-like reflection. I'm feeling down today, Gooji, and it cheers me to see their misery. Yes, your majesty, as you wish, whistled Googe through his snake-like tongue. Who's next on the list? The pit's becoming restless. Feed it. I'm sick of its constant moaning. The witch queen marched over to the surrounding cell, letting her gaze rove among the many possible victims, dragging her long, spindly fingers across the bars, making a chinking sound with the stolen ring. Prisoners scurried backwards, hoping to avoid her death penalty stare. You, she pointed at a poor, petrified subject. Get that one. He's nice and plump. Should fill a hole nicely. Googe unlocked the cell door and frog marched the man to the mouth of the pit. Please, the prisoner begged. I have a family. How will they feed themselves? Show mercy. Shut up, you imbecile. How dare you speak to your queen? Do it, she commanded. Googe gave him an almighty shove as the man was almost twice his size. He fell without noise as if the air itself held its breath. The moaning from the pit altered to a dull murmur. Next, she yelled. A silhouette darkened the doorway. Ah, you! I've been waiting days for you. What news do you bring? I have no news, my queen, replied the visitor. What? You've had years to find the girl, and you haven't whittled it down at all? Nostrils flaring, fists clenching, sinking her nails into her palms. I may as well kill you now and not waste any more precious time. The visitor gulped. Oh no, Majesty, I've narrowed it down. She's definitely living in Stanforth. The Queen spun on her heels. I know that, you moron. Googe, the pit sounds hungry again. Feed it, will you? Gouge man-handled the visitor to the edge of the famously feared pit. They both looked down into it. It was foretold that at its belly were thousands of restless souls lost in nightmares, always waiting to awake, but never would. Wait, I've narrowed it down to three, the visitor's voice trembled. Stop, Gouge, she paused. Bring the fool here, her face changing slowly into a false friendliness. "'Well, that's more like it,' she muttered, through a clenched smile. "'I've looked for the signs, like you said. "'You know, a regal beauty, voice sweeter than a hugh's kiss, "'melts over you like honey.' "'Go on,' her eyes narrowed upon the informant's lips. "'Lucky for us, there's a talent competition at the school Friday night.' "'It hardly gives us much time,' she spat. "'The three girls are all entered. She'll give herself away.' "'Excellent idea. And what of the ring?' the witch-queen unclenched. "'No sign, your highness,' the visitor replied, staring at the ground. "'Well, find it. Whoever has it will lead us to a certain prince. Two birds, one stone. Get it, idiot?' she snapped, adjusting the oversized stolen crown. "'Yes, Majesty, I'll get on it right away,' the visitor sped towards the exit. "'Oh, and by the way,' she added, It's Prince Zaki's birthday on Friday, too, which only leaves us five days. The visitor halted. What happens then? Yes, added Gouge, looking slightly baffled. Do tell us, Majesty. If she doesn't have both rings in her possession by Zaki's sixteenth, he will be plastic forever, leaving me outright ruler and total power. Will at last be mine, she bellowed with a touch of insanity. Brilliant, day. I may not have had the power to kill him, but I've left the boy in ultimate torment. But your majesty, the visitor dared to ask. Why bother? I mean, the girl probably doesn't even know anything. There are no signs. The prophecy will be fulfilled. I've seen it in my visions. Only the ending will be different. She will die. I want her gone, just in case. There's no room for error. The girl... The ring or the prince will save your life for now. A hat-trick and you will be set free. You have five days. Raising a crooked brow, she waved the visitor away. Who'd show our guest out? What about my... Be silent. Such matters don't concern you right now. Leave this instant. Five days. Five days, the visitor panicked. Tension shooting through their body like bullets. In five days, my life will surely end. The visitor raced past the castle walls and stood before the Vortex, for possibly the last time. No matter what, I have to get that ring. We have to be free. Chapter 5 No! screamed Zack and Kira simultaneously. Both bolted upright, sweating, relieved that it was just another awful nightmare feeling awkward that someone else was sharing their dreams. It felt like this for a while, but lately it had become more intense. Their privacy had been invaded, like someone was watching the gig without a ticket. For years now, Kira dreamt of breathtaking landscapes in soft, inviting pastels, silver streams trickling to a chorus of hypnotic birdsong. Upon turning 13, her nights were filled with flashes of contorted faces, people's screams, Hints of an evil shadow beckoning. Amazing landscapes and quirky creatures that surely could not exist. The images were now in Technicolor. It was becoming harder each night to stay out of the cold, suffocating darkness. Zack had heard music and seen gadgets that made no sense. People dressed in strange clothing. Transport that should not exist. Both tried to put it down to having vivid imaginations, but this had been the first time they felt a definite presence. Zack looked around remembering his predicament. The silent guards were still watching over him. Still in his underwear, he lay shivering. Tingles shot up and down his plastic frame. At last, able to feel sensation in his arms and legs, but he couldn't move them. Kira rushed down to breakfast. School was beckoning. It might take our mind off the bizarre goings-on lately. Morning, sleepyhead. Morning, she groaned back at her uncle with one eye half closed. Hey, isn't it your big singing debut this Friday? Guess so, she shrugged. Want me to come? What are you singing? Are you nervous? Kira wasn't in the mood for twenty questions. Up to you, haven't decided, and vary, she snapped, grabbing a piece of toast. I've got to go, I'll be late. Tom grabbed his niece's arm. Kira, is everything all right? Yeah, she replied, unable to keep eye contact. Why do you ask? No reason, you just seem a little distant. That's all. Oh, it must be competition jitters. Pausing for a second. Uncle Tom, my... Yes. Looking over his glasses. She desperately wanted to share with him these strange events, and not just what happened yesterday at the store. She wanted to tell him everything about these feelings she'd always had. She didn't belong, but she was different feeling that someone was always watching her. The sense of being almost awake in her sleep, that something was sharing her dreams. So many questions flooded her thoughts, unsure if Tom would be able to answer them. If I mention the talking doll, will do you think I'm crazy? Once you say it out loud, there's no taking it back. Oh, nothing. I've forgotten what I was going to say. Silly me. She kissed him on the cheek, grabbed her rucksack, and made for the door. Kira counted the last minutes down on her watch. Day had been long. She'd felt anxiously restless. Finally, the school bell rang. Home time at last. The whole day had been spent glaring out of various windows, feeling uneasy. Unease loomed over her like a bad smell. Before everyone leaves, Kira Matthews, would you like to give us the answer? Miss Ing? squeaked. Uh, Dunno, miss. Sorry. Kira replied, continuing to stare into the distance. "'You may all go. Kira, may I have a quick word?' asked the concerned-looking teacher. "'I'll wait for you in the corridor,' Joe informed her as the pupils filed past. "'Is there a problem, Kira?' "'No, miss,' Kira shrugged. "'Well, it's just that you haven't been your normal studious self today. "'Is there anything I can help you with?' "'No, miss,' Kira inched towards the door. "'Well, my door's always open.' "'Yes, miss. Thanks, miss. Bye!' Kira escaped." Musing that if Miss Ng were any more mouse-ish, she'd grow whiskers. Out in the corridor, she grabbed Joe's arm and marched him out of the school entrance. God, that woman really lives up to her name. She definitely is a bit missing. Kira walked quickly, glancing down at her watch. Everyone's allowed an off day, but oh no, not Kira. Not good old reliable Kira. Kira, there is something I want to talk to you about, Joe said galloping alongside to Madam Swift's house for her singing lesson. Mm, Kira murmured, uninterested. In her head, thoughts of voices, dreams and dolls spun like a laundrette on a Sunday. Yes, he continued. I wanted to ask you if... Spit it out, Joe. I haven't got time to guess, Kira snapped. What's with you? No need to bite my head off. Miss Ing might be squeaky and annoying, but she's right. You're not yourself today. Joe flounced away, leaving her feeling rather foolish. Come on, Miss Matthews, you can do better than that. Try it again, and this time, give it a little more oomph, ordered the robust music teacher. She wasn't the most feminine of women. Towering over most men, almost fridge-like in size. Her warm breath smelt like tea bags and toast. Kira couldn't help focusing on her chaplain-like moustache whenever she spoke. She began to sing, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's better boomed Madam Swift in a low, monotone voice. But your heart just doesn't seem in it today. Have you chosen a song for Friday's contest yet? It's uh, either this one, Memories, or Shake It Off. You know, something a bit funkier and upbeat. Kira flashed a dazzling smile. Madam Swift looked unimpressed. It's by Taylor Swift, Kira said. Yes, Miss Matthews, I'm aware of her work. I just don't think it will do your voice justice. Six o'clock. Kira left the lesson and started home. Deep in thought and humming to herself, a hand grabbed her shoulder from behind. Kira spun in horror. Oh my god, Joe, you scared the life out of me. What are you doing here? I wanted to say sorry for earlier and finish our talk. Oh no, Joe, it's me who's sorry. I was horrible. You know, time of the month or something, she blurted. Both stood in awkward silence. Joe, a deep shade of crimson. Hey, Joe said, breaking the ice. That tune you were humming was really catchy. Oh, was I humming? So what are you doing here? Didn't realise you were working tonight, Joe asked. Oh, Kira realised they were standing right outside the shop doorway. On earth, she whispered. Kira knew her head had given her feet directions to go straight home. Uh, I've just got to collect something. It was time to face her fears and collect the doll just to prove to herself that she wasn't going crazy. Either way, she had to know the truth. It's now or never. Hang on a minute, Kira, Joe said, voice cracking. I was wondering if you wanted to grab a pizza after the competition. Sure, that will be great, she said, grabbing the store keys from her rucksack. Really? Joe grinned. Oh, pants, is he asking me out? Do I want that? I'm not ready for everything to change. What if we fall out? I can't lose him. Okay, be diplomatic. Yeah, that'll be cool. The four of us celebrating my winning. Or consoling my defeat, she joked. Joe looked deflated. Kira didn't like hurting him, but right now there was more pressing issues. Wait here a sec, I won't be long. Kira escaped into the store and down into the basement. She stood over the doll in the stockroom. In her mind, daring it to speak not knowing what her reaction would be if it did. She grabbed for it, shoving it in her rucksack. Ready, she told Joe whilst locking up. Let's get out of here. That night, Kira sat up in bed, staring at the bag in the corner. The clock ticked on. One o'clock. A quarter to two. Twenty to three. Drilling her feet along the bedsheets, determined to stay awake. She had to know. Maybe she was just overtired. There was lots of stuff on her mind. School tests, talent competition, work, and now Joe's feelings to contend with. Ten past three, and the bag hadn't moved. This is silly. Her eyes gave in to the heaviness of night. In her dreams, she visited the place where she usually felt safe. But lately, Kira found herself locked in this confusing, terrifying nightmare. Night after night... The same theme played out on loop. She was running, hunted by a thing she couldn't quite see. The panting buzzed against her ear, its rancid breath hot against her neck. Every night it got a little closer, almost within touching distance. There was also another being in this vivid chase, a protector. Faceless and fearless, strong and determined. Kira tried to focus on his face, the one who saved her from the monsters in her mind. Yet his features were just a blur. Without this unknown saviour, Kira would have never closed her eyes again. Chapter 6 Right, who's humming? barked Mr. Thurtle, the tetchy science teacher. Kira had come to think of him as a bothersome ferret. The students looked up from their test papers. Well, he demanded, I'm waiting. The whole class shrugged looking sheepishly amongst one another. One more peep, and the person responsible shall fail and redo the test after school. A few minutes passed, and Kira felt eyes boring into her. Slowly, looking up and realising it was thirty pairs of eyes, everyone seemed very interested in her. Kira Matthews, are you aware that you are humming? Kira gulped. She'd never really been told off before apart from the time when she flicked a rubber band at Chloe Wilson's head. The girl was asking for it that day. But Kira wasn't humming, was she? Well, now, don't do it again. Last chance. Mr. Thurtle's voice softened. Back to work, all of you. Fifteen minutes remaining. After yo-yoing in and out of consciousness, Zack awoke. He was somewhere different now. Somewhere stuffy and claustrophobic. His face shoved against a pencil... And a giant hairbrush stuck into his back. Hello? Zach moaned. Hello, is anyone there? Kicking out in frustration. Kira's head shot up. Her pen fell to the floor, disturbing the silence yet again. She bent to retrieve it. On the way back up, she caught the narrowed eye of Mr. Thurtle. Sorry, she mouthed. What just happened? Then it dawned on her. That thing was still in her rucksack and was now trying to rip its way to freedom. Oh God, what's happening? Is this real? Zack decided he'd had enough. This giant's hospitality was beyond belief. If death were to be his path, then he'd rather walk it than live in this nightmare. He gave an almighty kick. Oh, Kira yelped on being kicked in the back, shooting up from the desk. Laughter broke out across the classroom. What do you think you're doing? Explain yourself, young lady. Mr. Thurtle's face turned purple. His ferret nose twitched. Kira flustered, her skin burning from embarrassment. Grabbing the bag, she ran from the classroom, chased out by thunderous laughter. Running to the toilets, she locked herself in a cubicle and slumped to the ground crying. A few moments passed and the well of tears dried up to a sniffle. A strange calmness swept over her feeling oddly at peace like she hadn't done in years. She pulled the strange object from the bag that started all this, the doll, holding it closer to study it. Why am I not frightened? Because I'm crazy, that's why. Zack looked at the giant's heart-shaped face, taking in every inch of it. Looking into her almond eyes, he saw his own sadness reflected, instantly feeling enormous sympathy for this creature. He too, was no longer afraid. Go on then, Kira sniffled, breaking the silence. Go on then, I dare you. Speak. I know you can. Uh, hello? And by the way, I'm not deaf. Zack rubbed his plastic ears. So you're not going to eat me then? Huh? What? Uh, No. Kira screwed her face up. She had so many questions for this tiny being. Who... What, what are you? Oh, I'm Zack. This is not my world, is it? Kira could hear tears hiding in his throat. No, I'm afraid not. This is Earth. You are? Well, you're a doll. Have you always been a doll? Because if you have, I meant no offence. What? What are you talking about? Zack gasped. You're Like plastic. A toy. Will you show me? I want to see. Kira got to her feet unlocked the cubicle door and held him up to the mirror. "'That isn't me. What does she do to me? What in the name of Xantara is that?' "'Calm down. Don't panic,' Kira hushed him. "'Don't panic. Don't panic. Are you mad?' "'Firstly, I'm a doll. You were a giant. The Witch Queen killed my parents and is probably ruling my world as we speak. I failed my people. My dreams are so horrifying that I try not to sleep. I'm cold and alone. Nothing makes sense.' I thought I had it bad, Kira whispered. Thought I was going crazy, but then you must be too. This is nuts. You need to go back to your world. I want everything to go back to normal. Is there anything I can do to help, to make all this go away? If only you could. It's strange, he whispered. I feel like I know you. Like you've always been with me. Somehow. I feel the same, Kira replied. Like your voice. I've heard it before. I know it well. How? Zack searched Kira's tear-stained face. Her cheeks still flushed. We must have met before, he mused. That's it, he roared. We've met in our dreams. You're the girl. It is you, isn't it? Yes, Kira gasped. You're the one helping me through the maze of nightmares. I've never seen your face, but it's you. What does all this mean? I think, replied Zack. I think I've been sent to you for a reason. ''Shh!'' Zack stopped abruptly. Kira held her breath. ''I heard a noise,'' he whispered. Kira placed Zack in between the taps and went to investigate. ''Now don't go falling in!'' ''Very funny,'' he said, crossing his doll arms. ''No, coast is clear.'' Kira knelt at the sink, meeting with Zack's eye level. ''So you can see and feel, but you're trapped in this plastic form?'' ''Yes.'' ''Tell me the whole story.'' I'm in trouble now anyway, Kira shrugged. Zack filled her in on the witch queen and his parents. Kira gasped and shook her head throughout. He told her about the spell upon him, that if he weren't crowned by his 16th birthday, he would lose the right to rule. Wow, a genuine prince. Losing herself for a moment, imagining him down on one knee, begging her hand in marriage. Queen Kira, she sighed deeply. Uh, hello, anybody there? Zack waved his hand past her eyes. Oh, sorry. Kind of phased out for a second there. I'm freaking out at the other realms and stuff. This is a lot for a girl to take in. Maybe it was easier to think I was crazy. So how come? How come what? How come you're a doll? Uh, Not sure, he shrugged. The witch chanted something just before I blacked out. I think I'd be dead if it weren't for my mother's ring. How twisted. Talk about rubbing your face in it, Kira mused. Rubbing my face in what? You really are from a different world," Kira laughed. "By the way, I'm Kira." She grabbed his tiny hand and shook it. "This is so freaky." "I'm Zack, Prince of Xantar." "It's nice to meet you finally." "Please tell me you still have the ring." "Here she is, Mrs. Jackson." Chloe Wilson yelled from the doorway. Her jet black bob straightened to perfection. Her apple green eyes alight with triumph. "I told you, Kira was skipping class." Chapter 7 The world would at last be mine. The Witch Queen's wrath dripped through the buttery sunset like oil. Her dark poison blotted out the soft, silvery skies above as the life drained from Xantar's pulse. Thousands of fledglings slipped over the leaded skies, attempting to escape the emptiness. Destruction and chaos lashed from her fingertips, taking the soft pastel breath from a world once magnanimous of beauty. Now everything was stripped to bone and matter. The angry sea roared to her call like a humble servant, washing away memories of all that was once bright and alive. Ah, yes, I like it. It's glorious. It's so me, she howled. You have temporary ownership, yes, but time runs out. Others will come as it is foretold and you'll be nothing once again. Who dared to speak? the witch queen asked in disbelief looking down at the king's so-called army, kneeling on all fours under her invisible restraints. Who dares, who dares defy their queen? Silence. Nobody? Oh, well, I just have to start killing you one by one until luck finds the right man, flashing an evil yellow smile. It was I, called a disgruntled voice from behind. Oh, walking slowly to the guard, a giraffe-like body clicking to the beat of her pointed boots. Bending low, grabbing his face. How very brave and stupid of you. Well, well, if it isn't the king's lieutenant. Where is the captain, I wonder? Can you tell me where he might be hiding? He's not hiding, he's no coward. He's on a mission. Oh, but now I simply must know. Grabbing harder, sinking her tawny nails into his skin. I answer only to the king. Pity that. I don't think he'll be asking anything where he's gone. She laughed, standing upright. I'd just love to kill all of you, but that would be such a waste. I have a much better plan for you, Lieutenant. You and your band of merry little men. Take them, she commanded. The cave walls began to crack and rumble. Small rocks tumbled, bouncing off the soldiers, and soon a mini avalanche threatened their lives. A deafening ripping sound startled them as monstrous shapes began slowly forming into mountainous beings. One by one, they tore away from the cave walls. A dozen giant, eyeless stone monsters loomed over them, lifting the soldiers above their boulder-shaped heads, tossing them like marbles. Enough fun for now, the Witch Queen clapped. Round him up, boys. The rock beings crunched slowly toward the cowering army. At last, things are finally looking up. I have the King's famous guards. Xantar looks simply radiant under my new colour scheme, out with the rainbow vomit In with the lifeless. This day just couldn't get any better. Wouldn't you agree, Guji? The little sidekick hissed and bowed as he led the king's troops to the iron doors. You won't get away with this, shouted the lieutenant. Oh, but I think I just have. What the? The queen halted mid-breath. Cold dread clenched at her chest. My queen, what's wrong? Asked Guj, scurrying to her side. We have a spectator, Guj. The Witch Queen shifted her focus. Don't just watch, my dear. Come, come join us. Kira froze. The Witch Queen's grey eyes burned into her mind. Chapter 8 Breathless, Kira couldn't move. The stone-like eyes still scolded her mind. The words, come join us, rang in her ears. The dreaded Witch Queen had seen her and now beckoned. "'Kira, are you all right?' Mrs Jackson asked, placing a hand on Kira's shoulder. Kira pulled herself back into the room with mighty gasp. "'What's wrong, dear?' "'I'm not sure.' "'Well,' continued the egg-like headmistress, "'I cannot get any sense out of you. I'm calling for reinforcements.' She smiled, picking up the phone. "Miss Watson, could you step into my office, please?' "'Oh, Brill, I so haven't got time to see the school counsellor. I must get back to Zack. I'm all he's got.' The bell rang for home time. "'No, not yet,' Kira's eyes darted to the clock on the wall. "'Miss Matthews, are you okay? You look a little pale,' Mrs Jackson asked. "Uh, "'No, I'm not,' Kira stood. "'I'm not well at all. In fact, I think I need to go.' Praying Mrs Jackson wouldn't see through her best sad puppy face, she had to reach Zack before someone else did. The door opened as the meek counsellor entered. "'Ah, Mrs Watson, could you have a little chat with Kira?' She's not feeling herself today. She whispered the rest in her colleague's ear and left the room, giving Kira a patronising smile. Kira puffed her cheeks out and sat back down. Well now, how are we today? Mrs Watson took a pew behind the overly tidy desk. Kira thought Miss Watson was the most approachable teacher here. She was pretty in an understated way. If she put a little effort in it, Miss Watson could do a lot more with herself. Maybe apply a bit of makeup and leave her hair down for special occasions. And usually, Kira wouldn't mind chatting to her. But not today. Kira, is there anything you want to share? Silence. How are you feeling now? Silence. You're not in trouble. We just want to understand why you left your lesson and didn't return. Kira concentrated hard on her trainers, feet fighting each other, itching to get to Zack. Whom were you speaking with in the toilet? Miss Watson asked softly. Was there another girl missing class with you? Silence. You must tell me who she is. No, it wasn't a girl, Kira blurted. So it was a boy. What's his name? Whose class is he in? I'll have to have a chat with him too, I'm afraid. We understand, young love. Feelings of the heart. Maybe next time you could meet this boy during break. No, no, it's not like that at all, Kira whimpered, helplessly looking at the clock. He's not a boy, he... Stopping mid-flow. Shut up, you prat. Her inner voice screamed. He's not a boy... Miss Watson seemed intrigued, a little too interested for Kira's liking. No, Miss, I was talking to myself. Kira wished her focus had remained on her shoes. Miss Watson frowned. She didn't seem to be buying any of it. So now you're saying you were alone in the toilet? Her eyes narrowed. Yes, Miss, I've got to go now. I feel sick, putting a hand over her mouth and fleeing from the room. Well, I made a total pig's ear of that. She formula one towards the girl's toilet. He resumed around the doorway like a roller coaster on rails, coming to a sudden halt. The sink where Zack had perched was overflowing. Oh my god, he's drowned! Placing one foot in front of the other, her body seemed to be stuck on pause. It was the longest short walk ever. She peered into the sink. Thank god he's not here. Relief quickly turned to horror. Then where is he? Then where is he? The Witch Queen must have taken him. It's all my fault. Written on the mirror above the sink were the crimson lipstick words... I've got your little boyfriend. Come and get him. Kira's mind raced with terror, yet her gut told her that Zach was still alive. The urge to fight for him pushed her onward, running toward the school exit, barging kids as she darted between them. Hey, watch it, Maddie yelled as she was knocked into a wall. Kira? Sorry, Kira yelled absently. Kira entered the playground. A large group of students huddled together. She joined them as if some force was pulling her forward. Joe appeared at her side. Hey, are you okay? What's happening? Kira ignored the question, continuing to watch the action. Must be a fight, she said vacantly, drowned out by all the laughter and cheering. Maddie finally arrived. Well, she asked, a little out of breath. No idea, Joe replied. She's in a trance or something, it's weird. Should we call her uncle? He'd know what to do, Maddie whispered. Don't include him, Kira snapped. I'm not deaf, you know. Sorry, Joe muttered. Through a gap in the crowd, Kira spotted Chloe Wilson, one half of the evil duo. Was she fighting? Who with? Help me, help me, a little voice cried out above their heads. Kira, where are you? Help me. It was Zack, zigzagging above the crowd. Chloe and her horrible twin Ben were tossing him across the circle. Stop it, you idiots, Kira screamed, pushing through the fog of hecklers. Catch it, piggy, if you can, laughed Ben, throwing Zack higher. The crowd of faces blurred into one long pair of lips, taunting and ridiculing her. Kira jumped, pathetically waving both arms about. Kira's into Barbies, a voice snarled. Can I be your action man? And freak were amongst the jeers. Give it back, Wilson, Joe demanded, snatching the doll, pushing Ben to the ground. Oh, here's your knight in shining armour, Ben shouted. Kira... Joe and Maddie made for the school gates. Oh, but you prefer dollies, don't you, you saddo? Keep walking, just ignore him, Joe instructed. Must kill you that she doesn't want you, Joey. Joe spun, glaring at Ben. Shut up, Wilson, or I'll deck you again. Whatever, Crosby, Ben smirked, dusting himself down before walking away. The crowd dispersed. Murmurs of Kira's name hung in the air and Joe handed her the doll. What's going on with you? Maddy sheepishly eyeing the toy. Can't explain right now. Kira wrapped Zack in her scarf and placed him in her bag. Hey guys, shouted Daz, who was leaning against the school gates. Dressed in a black leather jacket, his black spiky hair waxed to perfection. What's the drama? Look, I know you're all worried, but you wouldn't believe me if I told you, Kira sighed. Try me, Joe urged, grabbing her elbow. I can't, Joe, not this time, looking into his worried eyes. I'm okay, I'll be fine, I just need a bit of space, she walked away. What have I missed? Daz kissed Maddie's cheek. Well, she replied, taking a deep breath. Kira walked home quickly, leaving her friends behind in confusion. Are you okay? Yes, replied Zack. Apart from a banging headache, and I seem to have lost the little clothing I had. A few yards down the road, Kira stopped for a moment. A feeling of dread hounded her like someone was stealing her footsteps. Joe, she spun to face him. Will you stop sneaking? But the street was empty. That's weird. Maybe I just need some sleep and possibly a reality check, but then whose reality would I be checking, she mused. Are you talking to me? Zack asked through the bag. If you like, she replied. If you like. Chapter 9 Somebody held Kira's hand. A familiar voice whispered in her ear. She smiled in her sleep and felt safe. Bliss soon turned to anguish. Run, Kira, run. They're coming for us. Stay with me, keep up. Zack called, dragging her by the arm. Where did you put the ring? It's our only hope. She turned slowly, focusing on a blurred vision of huge, black, dog-like creatures, their fangs dripping with blood and slime. We can stop them, a voice said. But you must tell me where you put the ring. The voice altered from Zack's deep, soft tones to a menacing, hysterical scream. Tell me, tell me, it commanded. Where is it? Kira, wake up, Zack shouted. Don't tell her, you must never tell her. A pair of cold, stone eyes pierced through her dream. Kira awoke with a gasp. Zack, where are you? She trembled. I'm right here, he said gently, perched on the pillow. As if to guard her. It's okay, you were dreaming again. What were those creatures? They are the drogs. Drogs? Questioned Kira. What does the D stand for? Death. They killed my mother. A single tear rolled down his plastic face. Oh, Zach, I'm so sorry. Kira placed his finger over his tiny hand. What's happening to me? She's after you now. Finding your dreams and hiding in them, Zack sighed. But you were with me. I felt you there. Yes, I was, but she's blurring me out. She's so powerful now. But I didn't tell her, did I, Zack? She doesn't know where the ring is. No, don't worry, Zach reassured. If you had, she would be here with us now. Lay down and get some rest. How can she be in my dreams? I don't understand. While she has my father's ring, the witch has the power to track your mind in its unconscious state. It must greatly frustrate her that she cannot find you. Kira closed her eyes, not knowing which reality she felt safer in. Trust no one except me, Zack warned. There are spies in many dimensions, especially this one now she knows I'm here and we are together. She feels the ring's power. The two rings are a marriage. They belong together. Too much information. My head may explode. I'm going to sleep now. I'm exhausted turning onto her side, away from his gaze. I trust my Uncle Tom and my friends, she thought as she started to drift off. You'll put them in danger if you tell them, Zack said, guessing her thoughts. You can read my mind too. This is too weird. Pack it in, you're freaking me out. Shoving the pillow over her head, Kira tried to go back to sleep. Damn, blast it, shouted the Witch Queen, throwing the goblet to the ground. ''What's wrong, your highness?'' asked Gouge, rushing in to attend to her. ''The prince is on to us, keeping the girl one step ahead. Go find our friend and insist that they hurry things along.'' ''But, mistress, I do not know where they dwell,'' Gouge grimaced. ''How about the school, idiot? Take Albatron. He'll track them down.'' ''Before you go, clear up that mess,'' she ordered, pointing at the goblet of spilt wine. ''And Gouge, look after my baby.'' He hasn't had a good flight since that scuffle with that crazed pet beast of the former king. Yes, ma'am, Gouge hesitated. Are you sure you want me to take Albatron? He does get a little vortex sickness. Don't be absurd. My Albi is totally vortex approved. I trained him myself. Now go, she bellowed, nearly taking Gouge off his oversized feet. Morning. Did you sleep a little better? ''Are you going to school today, Kira?'' Zack asked, as she stared vacantly through her reflection in the mirror. ''Guess I have to,'' she yawned. ''Don't want Uncle Tom asking questions. He's so overprotective. Guess I've got to face the music sometime.'' ''Pants, it's a school competition tomorrow night, so I can't be off.'' ''You could sing Happy Birthday to me,'' Zack joked. ''Have you chosen a song yet?'' ''You could try out a few on me, if you like.'' Uh, ''No thanks, I'd be too embarrassed.'' You'll laugh or think I'm rubbish. "Mm, You're quite a complex girl, Kira Matthews, Zack chuckled. Am I coming to school again today? You sure you want to after yesterday's nightmare? I don't want to be seen in this garment, that's for sure. Kira had dressed him with an old pair of Barbie dungarees, which were itchy and pink. It's definitely your colour, she beamed. Zack shook his head. Sorry, she said, biting her lip. Things can't get any worse, eh? Oh, they can. And they will, he shuddered. I'll come straight home, Zack. I promise. Take some time to think of our next move, or we'll work this out together when I get home. Lifting him from the dressing room table, and without thinking, kissed his hard cheek. What are you doing? Zack stuttered. Oh, I thought you might turn into a prince. She nervously giggled and stumbled out of the door. See you later, be careful, he yelled. Later, she called back as her inside somersaulted nervous excitement. cold dread. Chapter 10 Break it up, girls. Mr. Thurtle held each girl at arm's length. Kira threw random mime punches in the air, narrowly missing the weaselly teacher's face. Chloe Wilson, Kira Matthews, my office now. Mrs. Jackson's voice boomed like a foghorn. It's okay, Mrs. Jackson. I'll deal with this, said Thurtle the ferret in an enthused tone. "'Oh no, Mr Thurtle, the pleasure will be all mine,' leading the girls away, leaving Mr Thurtle looking on with envy. His nose twitched and his beady eyes glared after them. "'So,' continued the headmistress inside her office, "'who would like to go first? "'Miss,' the girls chimed innocently, "'what in heaven's name is going on? Fancy picking a fight outside the staff room of all places?' Mrs Jackson crossed her short arms, pushing her saggy chest up unnaturally high. She started it, miss, Chloe spat, shoving a finger within an inch of Kira's face. You liar, Kira yelled. Who would believe that this chalk and cheese pair were once best friends? At nursery, they'd share their sweets equally and held hands everywhere, even to the bathroom. Everything changed when at five years old, the local newspaper, the Stanforth Scoop, announced its search for a new carnival princess. Every mum, dad and uncle entered their little darlings. When Kira won it for a second year, Chloe stamped on Kira's tiara. They never played together again. Kira was beside herself for the loss of her bosom buddy. She never cared about being carnival princess and would have happily given the title to Chloe if she'd asked for it. Now here they stood, like those two six-year-olds all those summers ago, She called me an orphan and said I needed locking up. Kira crossed her arms tightly to contain her anger. Now Kira will have less of your outbursts, thank you. Mrs Jackson uncrossed her arms, placing them on her hips. In fact, you've not really been yourself all week. Is everything all right at home? Yes, miss, everything's fine, Kira said, scowling at Chloe's smirking face. Well, I think you should both apologise and shake hands, cooed Mrs Jackson. Go on. Chloe offered her hand out readily, sneering at Kira. Kira? Mrs Jackson ordered. Kira begrudgingly shook the girl's hand. Sorry, Chloe, she mumbled. Me too, Chloe smiled falsely, squeezing Kira's fingers a little too hard. Thank you, Chloe. You may go. As Chloe left the room, she mouthed the words, You're dead, whilst the headmistress weebled back to her desk. I'm afraid, Kira, that I'm going to have to call your uncle, Mrs. Jackson sighed. Please don't. I said I was sorry. I'll do better next time. I promise. Not wanting Tom involved, she didn't want to disappoint him. This behaviour is getting worse, and you can offer no explanation. Disturbing classes, hiding in toilets, and now fighting. I wouldn't be doing my job if I just let it go. Your uncle can get to the bottom of it now, Mrs. Jackson's voice softened. I'm worried about your studies. You'll ruin all your hard work if... Stopping abruptly. Kira, will you stop humming when I'm talking to you? How very rude. This time, Kira caught herself doing it. It was like someone else making beautiful sounds. It made her feel warm and secure. Like everything was going to be alright. That's it, young lady. I'm calling him right now. If I were you, I'd take a long, hard look at yourself. She began to dial. Oh, hello. Is that Mr. Matthews? Maddie, Joe and Daz sat in math class, bewildered, eagerly awaiting Kira's return. Psst. Daz got Joe's attention and nodded toward the window. They watched Kira herded toward the car park by her uncle. He didn't look pleased. Uh-oh, sang Maddie. This doesn't look good, Joe stressed, as a note landed on his desk from Daz. It read... Kira's after school. Find out what's going on. Yes, she shouldn't be alone. Something's definitely wrong. The three nodded in silent agreement, waiting for the bell to release them on their mission. What they didn't realise was that Kira was far from alone. She had a whole other world watching out for her, in one way or another. You can go up if you like, but I doubt she will want to see anyone, Tom said, letting the three confused faces pass him. Can you fill us in, Tom? Joe asked. Afraid not, his hoping you would tell me. Shaking his head, pushing his glasses up his nose. Maybe you can get some sense out of her. They trundled up the stairs. Let me handle this, Maddie said in an authoritative tone, stepping forward, lightly tapping on the door. Kira, sweetie, can we come in? We just want to check you're alright. Kira remained silent, sitting with her back propped against the door, tears welling. Why can't they just leave us alone? She whispered. Kira, Joe intervened. We're worried about you. Will you let us in? In more ways than one, Daz muttered. Okay, I'll shut up. Put me in your bag, Kira. I don't want them to see me. We can't trust anyone, Zack instructed. Kira did so, wiped her eyes and reached to unlock the door, knowing her friends they weren't about to give up easily. Right, that's it, I'm coming in, Daz shouted barging through the door just as Kira opened it. He landed on the bed, crashing into her fluffy pink pillows. Daz, you idiot, Maddie said, half laughing, half embarrassed. Get up, you dope. Guess you should all sit down, Kira sighed. He doesn't want me to say anything, but he doesn't know you like I do. They ran to take floor positions like toddlers waiting for story time. Taking a deep breath, Kira told them of the dreams and how Zack communicated through them. About him being a doll and how she somehow was a special piece of the puzzle. The three were transfixed on the story. Enthralled. When Kira finished the tale, nobody spoke. Minutes passed while they stared everywhere but at each other. Suddenly, thunderous laughter hammered through the silence. Daz rolled around in complete hysterics. Daz! Maddie snapped in annoyance at her boyfriend's odd behaviour. It's not funny, pack it in! Here his face burned an angry crimson. How could he react like this? She totally opened up, but now felt even more alone. Maybe Zack was right. Maybe she could trust only him. Daz continued to behave like a tickled hyena. So let's get this straight. You're telling us you have a magic dolly, sorry, prince, from another world. Huh, do you think we're stupid? Let's see it then. The floodgates had opened. Daz cried with nervous, uncontrollable laughter. Kira marched across the room, nostrils flaring, and yanked the doll from her bag. There, you see? Holding it up to each one in turn, each looking at the doll sceptically. Even Joe looked unconvinced. Kira, what are you doing? Zack asked. Proving that you're real. Speak, Zack. Tell them I'm not crazy. Silence. For pity's sake, Zack. tell them who you are. It's no use, they cannot hear me. Only you can. For some reason you're special, and you believe. What? You've got to be kidding me. Mortified, she slumped onto the bed. The three friends looked on at this one-sided spectacle. Daz stared blankly for a while, and then a smirk crossed his lips, followed by more mocking laughter. Sorry, sorry, but I can't. I can't breathe. He rushed from the room, through the house, into the garden below. I'm so sorry about that, Kira. I really am, Maddie said, trying to console her friend and putting an arm around her. I'm worried about you. Go after him, Mads, Kira sighed. You sure? I'll be fine. Go. Okay, but I'll be right back. Maddie followed Daz out into the garden. Joe and Kira stood frozen to the spot, staring at one another. What was that? The freckled redhead yelled at her soon-to-be ex-boyfriend. Leave it, Daz yelled back. Terence whimpered at Madison's feet. You need to calm down, you're scaring the mutt, Daz joked. And you need to stop acting like a total jerk, spat Maddie, her face becoming the same shade as her cherry Doc Martin boots. Your charming smile won't work this time. Do you realise you've made Kira feel like complete poop? Our friend needs us and you think it's okay to laugh at her? "'Oh, come on, Mads. You don't actually believe all that tripe, do you? "'I mean, I know there's not much to do in this place except hang out, "'but talking dolls? Come on, what is she, five? "'Daz softened his voice. "'She just needs some time out from exams, "'and this talent comp means more to her than she's letting on. "'She'll be fine. Must be a girl thing.' "'You are so dumped, Daz Firth. "'Take your stupid sci-fi comics and your out-of-tune guitar and get lost.' Daz didn't find this quite so funny now. You want to split up? But I but you what? You're an unfeeling turd and I can't forgive you. Tears leaking from her eyes, she turned away, swiftly walking inside. Terence barked Daz out of the gate. Yeah, thanks for the support, mate. He growled back at the little dog, slamming the gate behind him with warrior force. From the open window, Kira heard every word. She skirted past Joe locking herself in the bathroom. Flipping great, Joe mumbled and followed. Kira, please come out. Let's talk about it. I want to believe you. I really do. But it's a big ask. Please, I'm serious. I want to believe. Me too, Maddie agreed, joining him outside the locked bathroom door. You do? Kira sprang to her feet, opening the door slowly, peeping out. Oh, help Kira, help me. Kira's heart pounded as she ran to the bedroom. What is it? Joe yelled, and the two followed behind. Zack needs me, oh my god! Kira gasped, open-mouthed at the scene unravelling before them. Terence, get off at once! Kira ran toward the dog. Zack was getting an all-over tongue bath. If a little rescue dog had a full tail, he'd be wagging it with excitement. Get him off, it's disgusting! Dog meat breath, ugh! Jack squirmed. The three friends broke into giggles. Joe bent to retrieve the doll from the dog's mouth. Thank you for your assistance, said Jack, trying to shake off the slimy dog feeling. You're welcome, Joe replied. Hey, what? No way! You can hear me, Zack gasped. Yes, we can, Joe and Maddie duoed back. Oh my god, Maddie spoke slowly, turning a little pale. Perhaps you both opened up to the possibility because of your love for Kira, Zack suggested. Then you really do believe. And I'm not crazy, cried Kira, hugging her shocked, speechless friends tightly, feeling not quite as alone. Chapter 12 Zack, yelled Kira, jumping over the bed and almost flying across the room. Please wake up. Don't be gone, shaking the doll vigorously. Please stop it. I may lose a few brain cells. Zack rubbed his shiny head. Thank God, I thought you'd turn fully plastic. Of course not, Zack said. But thanks for the massive headache. But it's Friday, your birthday. We fell asleep and never came up with a plan to stop the Witch Queen. Uh, slow down, breathe. It's Thursday. I won't turn into a doll fully until seven o'clock tomorrow night. The exact time I was born. Until now I've been biding time, but time seems unwilling to wait for me. I keep trying to come up with a plan, but being trapped like this and without my men behind me, I'm still clueless, he sighed. I'm sorry that you've been dragged into this mess. If you can just assist me to the vortex, I will do the rest. Well, I don't think so, we will both go after school, Kira said in her most assertive voice. We'll fight the witch together and get your world and body back. Zack looked impressed for a second. Just wondering, how do we get to your world exactly? Kira asked. And what's a vortex? There's a gateway. A vortex to my dimension. Hidden in your school car park. Zack paused. The thing is, Kira, whatever happens whilst you're passing through it, don't panic. Stay calm. Don't lose your head. I mean that literally. It's been known that you can go in one way and come out completely different. Huh? Kira scratched her head. The more I hear, the more confusing it all seems. Apparently, Zack continued, old tales tell of a pixie and a grenadine beast going into the vortex together and exiting as one big beastie mess. Yeah, right. I'm not as stupid as you look, you know, half laughing. Whatever, I'm not scared, she said, unable to make eye contact keeping her true feelings hidden. "'Looks like we're going after school, then. Maybe take the other ring while the witch sleeps or something. And before you know it, Zack's a prince again.' "'If only it were that simple.' He sighed. "'Are you sure you'll be okay in there?' Kira whispered, trying to avoid the hives of kids flooding their way. "'Positive. You've made it very cosy, thanks,' Zack said, resting on Kira's gloves. "'Okay.' I'll lock you in. I'll be back to check on you at break time. She hovered. Well, you just go? You're making me nervous, Zach said. Kira closed the locker door. Now, left in the darkness with just his thoughts, he had to come up with a plan before tonight. Hello, can I help you? Tom got up from behind the counter where he'd been sipping tea and reading the local paper. The customer didn't acknowledge him and carried on gliding around the store. "'No, no,' she muttered to herself. "'This won't do.' "'Are you looking for something special?' Tom raised his voice, stepping forward. "'Yes, I am, actually.' She turned to stare at him, almost as if he was being nosy. "'I'm looking for a present for my niece.' "'Well, let's see,' Tom said. "'We have some lovely books, and—' "'No, no,' the woman said, rudely cutting in. "'I'm thinking more of a doll.' He'd never seen anyone like her, tall and wiry, with black, slick hair and the emptiest eyes he'd ever had the misfortune to look upon. For a moment, feeling pity for her, she rifled through the small selection of dolls, tossing them quickly to the side. "Uh Uh-huh, Tom cleared his throat. Perhaps if I knew your niece's age. I want a boy doll, she demanded. Now it just so happens I have one left in the back. He left for a few seconds and returned with the doll. This is it, presenting an action man. It's on sale. Only £4.99. Hoping that she'd take it and leave, the waspish woman snatched it from him, staring at it intently. No, that's not it, she yelped, throwing it onto the counter. Tom became agitated. The customer's always right scenario seemed to vacate his head. Are you the only person who works here? the rude woman asked. My niece does occasionally. Why? No reason. Is she in today? No. Tom kept it short and to the point where Kira was concerned. She was his business only. Are there any other toy shops in the area? No, there's one a few miles up the coast, he said, without saying which direction she should take. Well, I may be back. Her response sounded more like a threat. Tom opened the door and she glided through. He slammed it behind her. "'We may be closed.' He smiled to himself. Chapter 13 "'So what are you going to do? "'I mean, it's like world-changing stuff. "'Pretty major, if you ask me,' Maddy probed. "'You want me to come with you? "'I mean, have you even got a plan?' "'No, I'm feeling pretty useless. "'I mean, what can I possibly do to help? "'I'm just old enough to get a paper round. "'How the heck am I supposed to fight an evil witch?' And thanks for the offer, but Zack doesn't even want me helping. Let's just change the subject, Kira said. The two girls headed towards the school canteen. So how's life without Daz? Has he called or texted you? No, nothing, Maddie replied with a heavy frown. It's all my fault, isn't it? Kira sighed. Don't be stupid. It's his fault for being such an utter plonker, Maddie replied, rolling her eyes. Wait, Kira stopped. "'grabbing Maddy's bag, nearly ripping her arm out of its socket. "'I nearly forgot. I said I'd check on Zach. "'All this boy talk, and I forgot the most important one.' "'Joe?' suggested Maddy, one brow raised. "'No, you great plum.' "'Although thinking about it, she hadn't seen Joe all day. "'They usually walked to school together, but today he didn't come round. "'She figured he had a sports thing or something. "'She would call him after school if he didn't appear within the next few hours.' "'Can we grab lunch first? I can almost taste the food from here. "'Please, can't think on an empty stomach. I'm so hungry I could eat my own feet.' "'I'll go on then, but ten minutes tops.' "'Kira shook her head and Madison steered her toward the canteen line, "'after which they ate in silence for a while. "'You're into this, Zach, aren't you?' "'No!' Kira laughed, nearly spitting out a chip. "'So why are you blushing like you've been caught naked in the school pool?' "'I'm not!' Kira snapped chip went down the wrong hole that's all whatever you say mate whatever you say maddie laughed can we slow down i'm getting indigestion it's not as if Zack can open the locker and jump out two minutes then i'm gone kira loved her friend dearly but speed was not in her vocabulary talking of boys maddie gobbled a burger we seem to be missing a daz today too scanning the canteen to see if the gothic broody guy would cross their radar yep kira agreed we are lacking in the Daz department. Not that you're bothered, right? Maddie looked away. Maybe he's really upset about you dumping him. He does really care about you, you know. So, we are a Daz down and the lovely Joe is nowhere to be seen. Hmm, the plot thickens. So can we check on Zach now, please? Kira whined. I'm waiting for you, slow coach, Maddie teased, finishing her milkshake and collecting her stuff. I will take him back. Once he's begged a lot. Guess I miss him a bit. Maddy shrugged. Do you think they're together? The boys, I mean, Kira wondered. Why, you jealous, Matthews? Maddy laughed. Come on, you're in a hurry, aren't you? Let's go find your prince. The girls linked arms and marched down the corridor. So, you say you have something that Her highness is searching for? Googe slimed closer. Give it to me, I'll make sure she gets it. No, thanks. For some reason, I don't trust you. I'll give it to her myself, answered the defiant informer. Oh, but I insist, Gouge held out his stubby green hand. So do I, mimicked the informer. Are you trying to be comical all the way down there? I could pull you apart like the worm you are and feed you to the crows. I could end you right now, Gouge grabbed the tormentor. But my queen would be most displeased. The informer laughed mockingly. You mean you're not allowed to make any decisions? Well now, replied a crumpled googe, Which is it to be? The prince, the ring or the girl? One, and you've saved yourself from certain death. Two, and you may even get your freedom back. And a hat trick might just save the one you love. Gouge smiled, knowing that he did a nerve. How dare you talk about my life? You too are a slave. What did you forget? The informer pushed Gouge to the ground, wanting to finish him off right there. No, Gouge quickly jumped up. But I enjoy my work. I get to deal with gutter life like yourself. I will no longer deal with the puppet, only the master. We shall see about that. Gouge smirked. A sonic boom broke the skies. The informer's bones rattled, their muscles tensed. This sound had been heard once before, as a child on that horrible day when their world changed forever. At a very young age, they had witnessed this same looming shadow in the sky, after which the explosions came. A demonic shrieking and fire everywhere. The informer never knew which took their parents, the beast or the flames. They just knew that day, nothing would ever be the same again. You remember your old friend, Albatron? Gouge chortled. The informer's silhouette shook as the vast darkness of the almighty beast overhead eclipsed them. Where is he? Where is he? Kira squealed like a pig with burnt trotters. Kids and teachers came to a standstill around her. She rummaged through the locker. Books, pencils and gum flew past Maddie's head. OK, mate, Maddie said, glancing around at the unwanted attention. Be cool, keep calm. He's not here, Kira said, grabbing Maddie's shoulders before turning back to the empty locker. Are you sure he was? You've been under a lot of pressure lately, Maddie said, rubbing her friend's arm. Maybe you left him at home. Kira spun and stared at her best friend. You, Kira mouthed. You already knew Zack wouldn't be here, didn't you? "'Did you take him? He warned me not to trust anyone.' "'What? No, you've got it wrong. I just want to help you,' Maddie whimpered. "'That day we met. It was no accident, was it? She sent you to watch me?' "'No, Kira, calm down. Think about what you're saying,' Maddie begged, tears ready to burst from her eyes. "'Kira cringed at the hurt expression on Maddie's face. "'What the hell am I saying?' "'Maybe I am losing the plot. I can't be sure. can't be sure. "'Has Zack gone without me, thinking it's for my own good? "'How did he break out of the locker? "'God, Madison, I'm so sorry. I can't think straight. "'I just need to be alone for a while.' "'Kira swiftly turned and scurried away, "'away from the spies, the liars, and the prying eyes. "'Chapter 14 "'Kira sat in the office once again, staring blankly at numerous certificates hanging on the walls, hiding the torment inside. How could she save Zack now? She couldn't even keep him safe. Who was for her and who was against? She couldn't enter the talent contest if Zack was to die, and then Uncle Tom would have questions why she didn't sing, and the unbelievable truth would come out. If Zack were to die, the word die repeated on her like a bad curry. A sudden rush of warmth glowed within, an inner peace calmed her. Unable to explain it, she knew Zack wasn't dead. That somehow they were connected. She could still feel his presence, like an old coat wrapped round her. Why her, though? Why not Lyra Chidwick or Karen Dillon or one of the other girls at school? Why me? Kira said out loud. Kira, what do you mean by that? asked the Weebly head teacher, Mrs. Jackson. Kira snapped back to reality. "'Uh, what?' "'Do you want some time alone with your uncle?' Mrs Jackson inquired. Kira shrugged. "'Well, I would like some time with you, young lady,' Uncle Tom appeared in the doorway. "'Busted,' Kira thought, as his nostrils flared in a quiet rage. Mrs Jackson left the room. "'I'm sorry,' Kira jumped up before he could speak. "'I'm sorry too, Kira, "'that your behaviour is out of order "'and frankly, quite bizarre. "'It has to stop.' "'Do you understand?' Tom's tone softened. "'Why don't you let me help you? You know you can tell me anything.' "'Kira studied him. Did he know? Was he on it too?' Shaking her head, disbelieving the paranoid voices trying to take over her sanity, Tom looked broken. "'Is it Joe?' he asked. "'Have you two squabbled? Is that what all the nonsense was about at home the other day?' She couldn't believe how far off the mark he was. Uncle Tom could normally read her like a book, but this time her pages remained tightly shut. It's for his own good, she told herself. After losing just about everyone else, she couldn't lose Tom too. Maddie could be a double agent, but now that idea sounded stupid. Daz thought she was a crazy loon, and Joe, her oldest and dearest friend, was missing. Who knows what could have happened. Tom was the only route left, keeping her earthbound and level-headed. She couldn't lose that. Not now. After the drive home in total silence, they got out of Tom's green beetle, slamming the doors in unison. We need a chat, Tom nodded toward the kitchen. She followed him through the house, head down, like a puppy that had been caught chewing its master slipper. Take a seat. Tom folded his arms. Kira sat down at the table, idly playing with the salt pot. She would listen to whatever he had to say and agree to do better next time, then make her excuses... Ring Joe and find Zack. The thought of facing the Vortex alone left her reeling inside. Wanting so much to ask Tom to help, but sadly that wasn't an option. She hadn't even thought of facing the Witch Queen, or if it were possible to even return home again. Zack was all that mattered right now. She could sense the connection to him calling out to her. But why me? I'm sending you to your Granny Bertines, Tom sighed. What? Kira leapt from the table, knocking over the salt pot. Great, more bad luck, that's all I need. Just for the summer holidays, just for a change of scenery. It'll do you the world of good, he said in a very matter-of-fact way. You're not going to get your own way this time. I've been far too soft on you in the past. I just want the old Kira back. Okay, she nodded. I'll go at the weekend after school's finished. This way, she would know Zach's fate, good or bad. It would all be over. After all, she may not even survive to see Saturday. Her whole body tensed at the thought. No, young lady, you will go today. There's a three fifty train, and I want you on it. I can't. I can't. Panic boiled upward from her toes erupting in her head. Why? Tom snapped. What's so important you wouldn't want to see your gran, or your Tessa finished for the year there's no valid reason. Well, Kira stammered. Joe, he may be sick. I need to be here for him, and there's the talent competition. I couldn't let Madame Swift down. But you can let me down, Tom said, a frown line appearing down the centre of his forehead. Your bag is packed. Get your coat. We're leaving in two minutes. Kira's eyes strained to fight the hot tears caressing her cheeks, catching the sadness on her uncle's face before he turned and walked away. Upstairs, she called Joe to ask for help. Whilst tapping his home number, a numb sensation fell upon her. Is Joe there, Mrs. Crosby? You haven't heard from him since this morning? No, he hasn't been with me. I'm sure he'll turn up. He's probably gone to the gym or something. I guess we've just been missing each other all day. Yes, I'll tell him to call you if he comes here. Okay. Bye. Putting the phone down, Kira paused. Her brain switched off for a few moments, unable to take in all that was happening. Where's Joe? Instinct told her he was in trouble and that she was somehow to blame. "'Well, what happened to you?' the witch-queen huffed, looking at Googe's bloodstained face. "'It was the informant, my queen. But believe me, they came off far worse.' "'Oh, yes?' she smiled, unconvinced. "'Yes, my queen. I had to reintroduce them to your pet. They soon backed down.' "'Good.' Gougie, good. Now, do you have a little present for me? Something to decorate my beautiful finger, perhaps? Cocking her head to the side in a childlike manner. No, my queen, they wanted to give you their findings in person. Googe lowered his slanted eyes. Well, they better bring it back soon. The clock is tick-tocking. Tick-tocking. Turning, swishing her cloak dramatically. I'm off, back to the seaside, she hollered. I have some shopping to do. With that, she left in a white blaze of light, highlighting a pile of discarded hollow dolls. Chapter 15 Just go, Kira anxiously drummed her fingers on the glass as her uncle paced the platform. Just go, she roared to the astonishment of the other passengers in the carriage. A businessman shuffled his over-large newspaper in annoyance, whilst a mother shushed a young boy who sniggered and pointed. Quite oblivious to it all, Kira just wanted her stubborn uncle to leave. She was doing as she was told. What more did he want? The train started chugging, and the guard yelled something incomprehensible. What now? Kira panicked as her uncle waved solemnly. For a second, Kira felt she'd failed him. He walked away toward the exit of the station, his head low. Shoulders drooped. The train started, gently rocking along its tracks. Without a second thought, Kira sprang to her feet, sprinted down the carriage, hitting the emergency stop button. Zack's life was at stake. Maybe even Joe's. This was much more important than the bewildered passengers and angry ranting of the conductor, who was quickly descending upon her. She swung the door open and made a gigantic leap to catch the very edge of the platform. Panic pinballed up her spine, but she hung on, legs clanging together like wing chimes. "'Ow!' she cried out, face hitting the concrete edge and scraping both elbows. Wishing she'd thought this through, gripping hard onto the side of the platform, overlooking the dark, hard pit of the tracks. Gasps of horror floated out from inside the train. "'Hang on there, miss!' shouted a roly-poly guard who was huffing and puffing his way over the bridge above. "'Don't move, miss!' shouted a second guard. "'Matthews, what the heck are you doing?' A pair of familiar green eyes bored down upon her, followed by a manic grin. Oh God, not now, Kira grimaced. Ben Wilson, of all people. Well, help me up then, I can't hold on much longer. Please, Ben jeered. Please, please, she pleaded. Ben put out his hand. Kira attempted to grab it. He withdrew it. Ben, I'll pull you up if you let my sister win the talent competition. Ben shook his head at her predicament. If only I had a camera. Whatever, just get me up. Just then the guards appeared. Move, kid, don't just stand there. The larger man pushed him to the side. After watching the two men wincher up, Ben ran from the station laughing. She knew news of this unfortunate incident would hit schoolwide before long. Kira got to her feet and dusted herself down. Let's get you inside, puffed the fat, red-faced man. No, I've got to go, thanks anyway. Kira hobbled from the station toward the taxi rank. She had to get back to the house and find the ring, the only thing left to barter with. Fourteen, Pierce Drive, please. The taxi drove past Tom's shop. She was astonished to see a sign in the window which read, Close until further notice. What was going on? He never mentioned closing, especially not this close to tourist season. Kira's mouth was as dry as Terence's bone. Both palms ditched in anticipation. Can you drop me off a block before, please? The driver nodded. The cab came to a halt, and they sat in silence. Should she go in and face up to Uncle Tom, or sneak in the house without detection? Maybe if I live through this, I'll explain it all then. That'll be 290 then. The driver's bloodshot eyes gazed from his mirror to look at her. Throwing a five pound note at him, she exited the cab. Keep the change. Thanks, miss, hissed the driver. She couldn't quite see his eyes under his cap. Cold sensation snaked her spine. The taxi drove away. Kira tried to stay calm and focus, darting in and out of hedges like a hunted deer until arriving at her destination. Terence yelped when she stuck her head through the dog flap, sizing up if she could perhaps slither through. Staying low, she could avoid confrontation. Shh, daft dog, shh! Terence bounded forward, giving her a swift lashing of a wet tongue. Yeah! squealed Kira, automatically forcing her head out of the tiny door. Gross! Busted by a dog! She leaned against the back door, wondering what to do next. The door swung open, causing her to stumble backward. How odd. Uncle Tom was always so tight about security. Uh, hello? Kira called out. Uncle Tom? Walking cautiously from room to room, wary of what she might find. At best... Tom would be there to read the riot act. At worst, she shuddered, not wanting to think of what could have happened to him. Tentatively pushing the last door open, her bedroom. Something's very wrong. Uh, hello? No one was there but Terence, who shuddered her obediently. All was pristine just as she'd left it. Kira frantically emptied cupboards and drawers until her whole room looked like a crime scene. Where did I put it? Where did I put the stupid thing? Terence growled as items whizzed by him. "Shush, Terence, I need to think." Collapsing onto the bed, hands behind her head, trying to think back to the night this mess started. "My jeans pocket!" she yelped, blazing across the landing to the bathroom laundry basket, rummaging to the bottom as Terence played dodgeball with various socks and briefs. "Phew." Pulling the jeans out, sliding a hand into the pocket. The warmth of the ring touched her fingertips and she clenched it tightly. At last, some luck for our team, she smiled, shoving the ring onto her finger, turning to leave. A dark figure eclipsed the doorway. Kira screamed and jumped back. A strange being, a little shorter than she, blocked her passage like a goalkeeper. She touched the ring nervously. An overwhelming feeling of strength came over her. I can take him in a fight. The creature stepped into the light which did him no favours. His slanted eyes darted from her face, to the ring, and back again. Like the jewels she'd seen in old black and white movies, she knew someone had to draw first. Going somewhere? he asked, charging, knocking her backward into the toilet. Who are you? Kira spat, placing both hands down on the toilet seat, pushing herself up. I am the Great Gouge, and you, Princess, have something I want. He grabbed for the ring as Kira stepped back. I knew it was you. Who needs spies when you can do the job yourself? I'm so clever. It took many years, of course, but I made it my mission. So you're her? The famous chosen one? I was expecting someone a little stronger. Someone special. What? What are you talking about? Chosen one? It's not me. Kira tried to make a break for it. "'I don't think so, Missy.' He twisted her arm around her back, trying to snatch the ring. They struggled. "'It's you. You'll figure it out. "'Or maybe you won't. Maybe you're a bit stupid. "'The prophecy didn't cover that part.' "'What prophecy? You're crazy. Why are you doing this?' She pleaded, arm twisted in pain. "'I will do anything to be my queen's number one. "'I will be by her side through her reign until time runs out.' "'I will be in history books, while you will be just history.' Her opponent was a lot stronger than she gave him credit for. Any moment, the ring would be his. "'Oh, Zack,' she cried. "'I'm so sorry.' A faint humming eclipsed the room. Kira recognised the tune. The ring shot a beam of multicoloured light into Gooji's eyes, temporarily blinding the creature. "'What did you do to me? What magic is this?' The lizard-like foe screamed out, shielding his eyes. Terence bounded in, knocking the intruder off his huge feet. Like a lion with raw flesh, the dog was not letting go. Googe hissed, writhing in pain. Kira gave the little terrier a thankful head rub. I guess you'll always just be a number two, she said, stepping over the intruder. With that, she grabbed her blades and fled. Chapter 16 She's here. You'd better come quickly. The school counsellor panicked, listening for a response. No, I don't know. Well, she's just standing in the car park, frozen to the spot. The poor thing looks completely lost. She waited for directions. I will. Yes, of course. I'll watch her. Do you think... Ms. Watson's voice trailed off as she didn't really need an answer. Yes, replied the voice at the end of line. It's happening. Kira's going in. Kira's mind now rejected all knowledge or reason. Staring at Joe's bike, crumpled on the ground, now fearing something terrible had happened to him. Every time she tried to urge herself on, her feet held fast to the spot. Kira's hang sprang involuntarily forward. The ring on her finger pulsated like a magnet. It drew out a whirl of grey mass which swam and flickered into a roaring fog. The ring was a key as well as a bargaining tool to get Zack's freedom back. "'So you must be the mighty Vortex. You're not so scary.' shivering, remembering Zach's tales of weird mutations. "'Well, I guess I'm already a freak, so you can't change me that much,' Kira muttered, slugging toward the fierce gateway. The closer she came, the more her body temperature dropped. Her toes and fingers tingled with numbness. Her lips stiffened. Her eyes felt sore at the harsh, bitter cold. Unable to catch a breath, she panicked, mind racing like she was falling through space and time. Brown hair whipped round her face. The chill of the air lashed all senses. Now, face to face with it, she felt faint and fell to the ground, pulling herself along on her hands and knees until she was a safe distance away. Kira, are you okay? A voice behind her startled her. It was Ms. Watson. She bent down, putting her hand out to pull Kira up. If you take a run at it, you'll hardly notice you're in it, Ms. Watson smiled. Huh? Kira replied. You can see it? You can see the vortex. Ms. Watson nodded, chewing her bottom lip. Who are you? Kira fumed. You're one of them. Yes, I am. But I'm on your side, I promise. Ms. Watson placed her hand on Kira's shoulder. Kira saw truth in her eyes. You could have helped before now, instead of watching me fail. I needed help. We weren't sure if it was happening at first. We prayed it wasn't. I couldn't help you. I promise I'd leave it to... She stopped abruptly. You promised who? Who did you promise, Miss Watson? Tell me, Kira demanded. Kira, Miss Watson grabbed her tightly. We haven't time for whys and wherefores. Xantar's future is in your hands. You need to get your skates on. My skates? Kira untied the blades hanging from her shoulders like a scarf. I'll skate through it. She fumbled with the laces. That way, I'll gain enough speed to break through the pain. Come with me? Sadly, I cannot. My post is here, and this journey is yours. Ms. Watson stepped back. You can do this, Kira. Kira got to her feet. I can do it. Zack, Joe, I'm coming for you. She skated to the far end of the car park to gain speed. One foot started to rev like a motorbike, standing opposite the mysterious, swirling gateway, willing herself to go on. Go, Kira, Ms. Watson shouted. Kira pushed off hard. "'accelerating, flying past Miss Watson like a winged whippet. "'No time to stop or think. "'She held her breath and closed her eyes. "'Miss Watson's cries stopped. "'Nothingness consumed her. "'Electricity crackled through her body. "'She contorted 360 degrees into the air, "'plummeting toward the ground, "'smacking down hard, sprawled out like a broken puppet, "'laying motionless for a few seconds. "'Gasping hard, her eyes opened wide.' It hurt to lift her head up. Giving herself a quick once-over, she was still in one piece, dazed, bloody, and aching from the wrath of the vortex. Kira slowly sat up and scanned the surroundings. Yes, she'd made it, but where? This surely couldn't be the blissful Xantar that Zack adored so much. The place of wonderment and great light that appeared in her dreams was really this soul-destroying black world, cold, hard, and barren sparse of any life, it seemed. Everything lost, dying, bereft of beauty. Trees from her dreams that once shimmered drops of silver and lilac now droop like a frown. The pastel-painted skies were now a charcoal smudge. Xantar's heart had been ripped away. Kira scrambled to stand, but her blades collided with the rocks. She fell, cutting both knees upon landing. Her blood amplified its brightness against the grey, dying backdrop. Even the weather seemed to have abandoned this place. Nothing was welcome here. Wiping her leg, trying to be strong and go on. Off came the blades. Kira started out barefoot across the rocky unknown. Ow, ow, she cried in painful frustration as the rocks bit at her heels. Zack, you better be here. This is all for you. Tears ran down her cheeks. This quiet, unknown force, however, drove her onward. Kira was the key. She couldn't understand it, but believed enough to risk her life. The dreams, the strange connection with Zack, the feeling that she'd been here before. There must be a reason. She forced back the building tears. The rocks seemed to have no end. They became sharper and angrier as she clumsily jumped from one to another. Her throat was dry, her limbs sore, and every bone ached crying out when a rock edge sliced her skin. A tiny bark pierced the air. Kira jumped. There, a few rocks behind stood Terence. Somehow, the little dog had followed her through the vortex and was pouring his way through the uneven ground, running to catch up. Kira scooped him up in her arms, burying her face in his matted fur. I'm so glad to see you, little one. I don't know how you got here, but I'm sure glad of the company. Chapter 17 So you're saying you had the girl and the ring in your grasp and you let them get away? The Witch Queen's rage boomed over the palace, shaking fear into all who were left alive. So, so sorry, Your Majesty, Googe whimpered as he hedgehogged into a ball at her feet. I should throw you to the drogs and let them teach you obedience. You let a girl... A little girl beat you? Your Highness, please. She had a mighty pet. A huge creature, Gouge lied. They cornered me. Believe me, O Great One. Hmm, so she has a beast, does she? The Witch Queen flustered for a second. No matter. I will crush her and her ill-advised pet. Get up, you fool. Get Albatron ready. I sense our informant is on their way, and I feel there may be a little gift for me. "'Send Albi to bring them here a little faster. "'Time is not waiting for us.' "'Yes, your royalness, thank you,' Gouge bowed repeatedly. "'And Gouge, put extra security on all the exits. "'Once I have my prince, this time I'm keeping him.' "'Kira halted. "'My God,' she sighed. "'How are we supposed to get across that?' "'Looking across at the next, even bigger canyon of razor-like rocks. "'It was deep and vast.' She could barely see beyond it. Terrence barked at her heels, urging her onward. Come on then, boy, if you think we can. Feeling exhausted, picking up the little no-tailed terrier. For a rescue dog she'd only known a few weeks, his commitment was astounding. Making their way down into the canyon, each rock felt trickier than the next. Kira hopped from one to the other, slipping occasionally. Her feet were cut to ribbons, her lips begged for water. Eventually reaching the other side, but encountered a daunting climb out that seemed almost vertical. Come on boy, we can do this. Terence cocked his head, as if to ask, why? She focused her thoughts on Zach, and grabbed at the graveled, muddy rock face. Each time taking one step upward and sliding two steps down. The air grew cooler as evening chased behind. Terence managed to scramble up to the top after many attempts, yapping with encouragement. All energy drained, Kira only had a little way to go. I can't do it. I can't do it, Terence. she sobbed, clinging onto the rock face. You win. You win. Her body now covered in mud and blood. Exhausted, sinking her head onto her arms, hanging on for dear life. That's not the girl I know. She's no quitter. A male voice called from the wilderness above. Joe? Kira's head shot up. He was kneeling next to Terence on the cliff edge, smiling down. Unlike Kira, though, he looked pretty clean. What are you... how did you... Let's get you up here first. She'd never been so happy to see him. She should have known Joe would never desert her. Stretching as tall as her tiny frame would allow, he finally managed to grab her hands, pulling her up. Safely by his side, Kira clung to him for as long as possible, taking comfort in his arms. Steady now. You'll get people talking. Joe grinned. Oh, Joe, how the heck did you get here? Why did you come? Why? Isn't it obvious? Joe replied, blushing. But let's focus on the job at hand. How did you make it through the vortex? I followed it. I just did what it did. It? What, Joe? What did you follow? A person? Someone we know? A feeling of dread washed over Kira. It was. it was, Joe stammered, further alarming her. Please, not Maddie. Please, not her, Kira prayed. It's Ben Wilson, isn't it? Kira interjected. He's the spy. Him and that Chloe have always hated me. No, Kira, said a soft voice behind. It's me. Chapter 18 You! Kira's head buzzed with confusion. Don't do it, man. Put the doll down, Joe said calmly, edging forward. Kira's heart raced upon watching her friend flick on a lighter and hold it up towards Zack. The yamber flecks in Daz's topaz eyes danced angrily. Please, Kira pleaded. Whatever's going on, we can sort it out. Kira, help me. Zack's voice was faint. She could feel him slipping away. The heat. I can't take it. Daz, you're hurting him. He'll melt. Stop it. Kira yelled. Damn, Dol won't shut up. Jabbered on the whole journey, full of pleading and false promises. Good riddance, I say. Daz moved the flame closer to Zack. Goodbye, Kira, Zack whispered giving in to the oncoming furnace. Kira sobbed. Right, that's it, Firth, you're going down. Joe took a run at his rival, flying through the night like a comet, hitting his target with an almighty crash. Zack was catapulted a few metres away in the scuffle. The boys fought and rolled like wild tigers. Kira scooped Zack up, holding on so tightly. Zack, are you all right? Zack said nothing. The doll was cold. Was she too late? Daz punched Joe in the face. He got to his feet to dust himself down as Joe swept both legs from under him. The two boys lay panting like dehydrated dogs. Kira's tears fell on the plastic prints she cradled, taking some comfort that she could still sense Zach's presence even if their connection was weakened. The three sat in silence. Terence barked wildly at Daz. That dog never liked me, Daz scowled. You of all people. We trusted you. Joe got up, making his way over to Kira. "'Why, Daz?' Kira choked on the tears. "'Why are you doing this?' Her gaze fell on his torn clothing and the bloody claw mark on his arm. "'What's happened to you?' "'Why are you bothered with him? He's not one of us. You're not even human, are you?' Joe spat, putting his arm around Kira for protection. "'I'm just... I'm just,' Daz whispered. A single tear pinched its way free. "'sitting defiantly on his cheek. "'You're just what? An evil traitor?' Joe spat. "'His usual happy-go-lucky manner had disappeared, "'his brows knitting in angry frown across his forehead. "'No, I'm just a slave,' Daz sighed. "'The witch queen commands me. "'She has my—' Daz stopped abruptly. "'She has your what?' Kira urged. "'She needed more than he was giving. "'None of this made any sense. "'This was Daz, part of the gang, part of her family.' She has my sister. If I don't deliver the prince, she'll kill her, Daz shuddered. Daz, Kira spoke softly, holding on to Zack for dear life. Nothing would separate them again. If necessary, she'd take on Daz herself. But she knew him. This was Daz who carried her to the nurse's office when she twisted an ankle in gym class. Daz, who wrote daft songs for Maddie and sang like a cat caught in a bath. I know you. You're a really good person, but you must see that if the Witch Queen gets Zack... She'll rule this world, and not just your sister will suffer. She promised. She said she'd let us both go if I did this one thing. God, I'm such an idiot. Daz sighed. I always thought it was you, Kira. From the moment we met, I knew you were special. But I grew to like you so damn much. Why'd you have to be so great? I couldn't give you up, but I cannot stall her any longer. Take the prince. I won't try to stop you. Daz stepped back to give them a clear pathway. "'Thank you. I know how hard this must be, but we must—' Kira was silenced by the deafening shrieking overhead. They looked up in horror at the winged metal beast nose-diving towards them. "'Go!' Daz ordered. "'Run, you idiots! Save yourselves! Save us all!' Joe grabbed Kira's elbow. "'Come on, you heard him!' "'No, Daz, come with us!' Kira clutched Zack to her heart, grabbing for Daz with her free hand. "'Go, go now! The beast has come for me! Go while you still can!' Daz pushed her away. Promise you'll help my sister. Kira nodded, unable to form words. Joe ripped her away from the shadow of the mighty Albatron. Daz turned slowly to face his fate. Chapter 19 Don't look back, Joe ordered as the metal bird flew overhead. In its iron talons, Daz's limp body dangled. Kira stopped running, gasping for breath. Do you think he's... No, Joe huffed. I don't think anything. I need to focus on keeping us alive. You're all that matters, okay? Kira felt surprised, a little impressed at this strong, authoritative side of Joe. Relief swept through her. At last, she was no longer alone. He scanned the area. Look over there. Through that pathway of trees, there's some sort of palace. Do you think it's hers? Kira squinted. There, in the distance, stood a tall, black, spindly palace. Its sharp turrets seemed to stretch and disappear into the colourless skies above. An eerie mist shrouded the structure. The night sky around it seemed denser somehow, like a warning to all not to approach. I know it is, Kira shuddered, knowing she had to go on. Fate gave her no choice. We have the traitor, your majesty, Gouge smiled in triumph. And do we have the prince? The witch's cold, dead eyes burnt in anticipation. Alas, no, your greatness. The boy gave it to her. What? The queen roared, and the whole of Xantar shook. Kira and Joe were thrown to the ground. What was that? Kira gasped. Dunno. Joe pulled Kira to her feet. Some sort of quake? Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. I'm tougher than I look, you know, Kira smiled. Come on then, supergirl, let's do this. Joe placed his hand in hers and they faced the ghostly path of trees, cautiously walking between them. They're so ugly now. More like skeletons of themselves. Such a shame, Kira mused. How do you know? Been here on vacation, Joe joked, keeping his focus on the unknown pathway stretching before them. Maybe, Kira shrugged. Or maybe I've dreamt all this. No time for exploring that. Joe's grasp tightened as the trees were starting to look less like trees and more like bony, skeletal hands. Sounds of twigs crunching and bark breaking became clearer. The trees along the pathway morphed clumsily into menacing weapons. Do you see that? Or is it my mind playing tricks on me? Kira whispered. The two froze in horror as the giant hands formed fist and swung their way. Run, Kira! Their feet pounded hard on the ground and the mighty fists swung forward like demolition balls. Joe pulled Kira onward, weaving them both in and out through the oncoming threat. Nearly there, Joe called over his shoulder. Kira stumbled on a rock, dropping Zack in the process. Come on! Joe pulled her arm as she swooped, picking up the silent prince. Go! Joe pushed her forward as a wooden hand lunged for him, thumping hard into his chest. Kira looked on in horror. His eyes fixed helplessly on hers before being tossed up high into the tree's branches. Go on, Kira, go! Joe's winded voice trailed off into the distance as the tree's dark wood consumed him. Joe? Joe! Kira screamed. The surrounding silence was deafening. Joe! No response. The wooden hands that stole her friend had turned to rotten trees once again. Kira ran on, her legs seeming to take over. Weaving through the remaining trees one by one, they reached for her. One by one, each failed, turning back into their former shapes. She skidded ungracefully to the path's end, panting. "'Joe!' she cried, mortified, her cries bouncing off the eerie silence. Her heart told her Joe was gone, wishing now she'd told her Uncle Tom. He'd know what to do. He always did. Kira sank down, rocking herself, sobbing. "'Not Joe.' Not him. In the distance she heard a familiar barking. It was Terence scampering toward her. He ran through the pathway of trees that now remained motionless, as if the little dog was no threat. Still, Kira couldn't be sure. Run, Terence. Come on, boy. Come on. Terence leapt into her arms. She clutched him tightly, sobbing into his scruffy fur. Where have you been, boy? I thought I'd lost you too. For a moment, she wasn't completely alone until her quest beckoned once again. Chapter 20 She's here, it's so exciting. In a few moments I will be everlasting, the ruler of this world. Then I will conquer all worlds and reign over this entire universe. The Witch Queen cackled at her own wretched brilliance. Secure your posts, but let the girl think she has the upper hand. Hide yourselves until I give the signal. A disfigured entourage melted back into the walls, camouflaging their huge stone bodies. Kira stood at the mouth of the dark palace, hesitating. Terence was silent for once. He looked up at her as if awaiting orders. Kira squeezed Zack tightly and hoped that somewhere inside the doll, the boy was still alive. If only Maddie were here, how wrong could I have been? Kira closed her eyes and concentrated. Joe, if you can hear me, I'll find you. I promise. Swallowing hard, opening her eyes, feeling isolated. The only thing to do was finish what she'd started and tried to keep all her promises. Without a plan. Except maybe to beg for Zack's life. The great doors before her swung open slowly. Cold air and the putrid smell of death hit her senses from inside. Without thinking, her foot sprang forward and stepped over the entrance. Uh, hello? The tomb like cave echoed her words. Kira circled, studying her surroundings. In front, a pathway led to a darkened room ahead. To one side stood a pair of tall iron doors that made her quiver, which made no sense. Kira sneaked quickly past them, shushing Terrence as they went. At last, I've been waiting for you for so long. The monotone voice greeted her in the doorway. Come closer, my dear. It's rude to enter a person's house and not introduce oneself. Kira slowly moved forward like she'd flown from her body, and all she could do was watch. Lights, clapped the Witch Queen. A dim blue highlighted their female forms. Kira gasped, recognising the woman's cold eyes, now framed by sharp, ghastly features. The Witch Queen smirked. The one I've been searching for is here, after all these years. The girl that legend foretold would save Xantar. Kira puzzled. She could have sworn she saw a passing fear in those dead eyes. You've got the wrong girl, she gulped. Come closer, my child. I have a gift for you. Pointing a lank finger toward the corner of the cave. Kira was horrified by the sight of Daz hanging from his feet. Blood dripped down his clawed, lifeless body. Kira looked down to what seemed to be a large hole in the floor beneath him. I... I don't understand. Well, now it's simple. That, my dear, is the pit of eternity. Your body never quite hits the bottom. You sink fathoms deep into your own plague of nightmares. Poor chap never quite knew where his loyalties were. Now you can decide where yours are. What? Kira gasped. It's your little friend, Daz, or that lovely ring on your finger. And of course I'd like my prince back. Which is it to be? Googe stepped from the shadows. My queen, it's nearly time. It's almost seven o'clock. Come on, girlie. the witch queen snapped. Time is tick-tocking. Tick-tocking. Kira looked from the ring to Daz and back again. Do you choose a long and loyal friend? Who, despite knowing your true identity, risked his life and more to protect you? Or a prince you've only known a short time and will very soon be just a child's plaything? It's a simple choice. The Queen's voice became shriller, trying to hurry Kira's decision. I... I... Kira simply couldn't decide who would live or die. The Witch Queen was right on the facts, but so wrong about how she felt for Zack. She'd always known Zack, even before she met him. Fate tied them together from their earliest dreams. He was the missing puzzle piece. Kira couldn't face a future without him. This may help you decide. The witch threw a goblet of wine. The liquid hit the air, freezing like glass, creating a mirror into another realm. Take a good look, my dear. Kira peered into it. Patterns swirled. Everything seemed a little cloudy at first. Kira's heart pounded. "'witnessing Joe being slowly chewed and digested inside a tree's gut. "'Sliding down and down, whimpering in pain, "'his tortured expression swirled into a grey mass. "'Keep watching!' "'Kira peered in closer. "'Out of the smoky shapes came the image of Maddy. Two huge wolf-like creatures set upon her friend, "'their teeth sliding into her like butter. "'Kira felt nauseous. "'No, no, stop it, I can't take any more!' "'Kira sank to the ground.' Are my friends dead? No, but they soon will be if you choose your prince. This is what will happen. Only you can change it. The witch queen leaned forward, on her throne, in anticipation. Choose quickly, dear. Kira's hands trembled, taking Zack from inside her coat, holding the toy out to the witch. I'm so sorry, Zack, she whispered, taking a few steps nearer to the grinning enemy. I can't do this. Chapter 21 The Witch Queen stretched out a hand, eager to take the doll. Well done. I knew you had a brain somewhere behind those pretty eyes. Kira shakily raised the silent prince towards the brittle hand. A whooshing sound passed by as Terence flew, knocking the doll to the ground. Zack awoke with a sharp thud. The Witch Queen stood up, looking flustered. Ouch, what the... Kira dove like a rugby player, catching him first. Glad you're back, she whispered to him, rolling out of oncoming danger. What's happening? Zack asked. No time, we haven't won yet. Have you still got the ring? Kira flashed her hand, showing it glistening on her finger. You need to get my father's ring from her too. Get it, Zack pleaded. Kira rose up, but Terence was already on the case, leaping high through the air, knocking the Witch Queen off her feet. She tried desperately to wrestle him off. Gouge, help me at once! Gouge stepped back into the shadows. Gouge, you imbecile, where are you? The witch sounded oddly vulnerable, for one so powerful. Kira ran to the dog's aid, sitting on the woman's chest, prizing the ring from her spindly finger. Guards! Guards! The queen pathetically yelled. The gigantic rock creatures unfolded themselves from the walls and shunted forward, heading straight for Kira and the brave little dog. Terence yapped repeatedly in front of Kira, as if to protect her. Kira frantically tried to find a gap between the approaching terrors, but to no avail. They were now shoulder to shoulder, a solid circle of rock giants holding her inside. Quick, Kira, put on the ring! The two rings together are more powerful than any evil she possesses, Zack bellowed. Kira did so, and a fusion of coloured lights and a familiar tune rang out around the palace. The tune must have been some sort of high-pitched torture to the Queen's guards. They froze, then exploded catapulting them into thousands of rock pieces. Kira shielded her eyes from the debris. Both rings stopped emitting their high-pitched humming. A woman's soft voice sang out in its place. Then sound and lights faded. That was my mother's voice, Zack whispered. How is that possible? We'll look for answers later. Right now I've got to help Daz. Kira ran toward the pit. A huge force knocked her to the ground. Blackness overhead swallowed her up as Albatron flew at Daz, biting his binds with its sharp iron beak. The ropes began to fray. I may have lost the ring, but I still have death at my disposal! The Witch Queen laughed with relish. Kira reached out her hand to grab for him. When Daz began to fall, it was like watching a horror movie that wouldn't end. She didn't even notice the crazy yapping of her faithful little friend. Leaning further over, thinking if she could just get a hand to him... Maybe she could hold on long enough to stop him falling. Yes, gotcha. Kira caught his foot and was clinging on tighter than her muscles could endure. Daz opened his eyes slightly and looked at her upside-down face. Kira? Kira was suddenly shoved from behind. Oh, no, you don't, little missy. Gooch hissed with venom as the two friends were launched further over the side. The pit's stomach rumbled in anticipation of its next feed. "'Good, you fool, the rings!' the Witch Queen screamed. "'No, your Highness. No rings, no threat. "'You will still rule. No one has to know you lost them.' "'Good point,' raising a cunning eyebrow. "'Her sidekick may be promoted yet.' Chapter 22 Kira held onto the pit's edge for dear life. It was almost too much to hold herself up as well as Daz. Still gripping tightly onto his ankle, her nails digging into his flesh as the weight of him pulled them deeper down the vacuous hole. Let me go, Kira. It's my time. I won't take you with me. Kira let out an almighty groan. I will not let you die, Daz Firth, do you hear? Kira's muscles spasmed, gritting her teeth, trying to ride over the pain. Kira, what does your heart tell you? Daz's voice calmed, his eyes welled with tears. That I'm alone. Kira refused to listen to the nagging thoughts, whispering that she was about to lose another friend. You're never alone. It just feels that way. Save your strength. Save yourself. Time is running out for this world. You have to let me go, Daz pleaded. She could hear Zack close by, telling her to be strong, to be the girl he knew she was. A new determination pumped within. The rings on her finger shone so brightly that a fresh burst of energy surged through her body. Were the rings responsible, or was it her sole determination? No, she bellowed. The rings on her finger pulsated, illuminating the pit walls around them. Feeling as strong as an Amazonian warrior, she began to swing Daz underneath like a trapeze act, until he too could grab the pit wall. She panted. Wow, i How the hell did you manage to... Never mind. Daz held on. I'm going to try and push you up. Take it steady. Don't look down. Climbing toward her, he began nudging her upward. Every inch they advanced felt like a mile of torture. Pushing with all the strength he could gather from his tired body until Kira slumped over the top and out of the pit's hungry mouth. She lay face down for a few seconds. There was movement at her side. Oh, Daz, I... She turned her face, expecting Daz to be there. "'Instead, a pair of long, pointy boots. "'She raised her head to see who owned them. "'Hello again.' "'The Witch Queen cocked her head to one side, smirking. "'You two make quite thrilling entertainment. "'Pity it must come to an end. "'Oh, and look, here comes your little stalker now, behind you as always. "'Say bye-bye.' "'And with that, the Witch drew up a heel, "'stamping down hard on Daz's fingers as he reached over the edge.' Kira squealed as Daz cascaded downwards, flinging herself to the hole's lip. Daz! Save my sister, Kira! His voice trailed off, body plummeting into the darkness. Kira crashed to the ground. She couldn't bring herself to move. Trying to think of home and Uncle Tom's arms around her where she would be safe. Opening her eyes, wishing to be back in her room. But upon seeing this dead new world, she unleashed a moan from the root of her being. Rage screamed from her gut like a siren. No more. Slowly standing, feeling like a walking bruise. No more! She boomed at the Witch Queen. An electric pulse of light shot from both rings on her finger, throwing Kira backward off her feet. The Witch Queen's face fell in disbelief. Kira was dazed, but the rings didn't stop. The rainbow of light spun toward her enemy. Cuffing her wrists and ankles, the witch shrieked and wailed. Kira's finger rose upward, tilting her rival into the air. As if angry, the binds of pure light became fire, pulling the witch queen's wrists and ankles in a slow tug of war that she couldn't possibly win. Tighter and harder, they pulled, stretching her out as if she were made of dough. Kira watched wide-eyed as the witch writhed in excruciating agony. The four straps of fire ate at her skin, like she may be ripped in half at any moment. "'Stop!' the Witch Queen pleaded, almost looking human for a second. "'What am I doing? How could she let these dark thoughts consume her?' Kira lowered her finger. Both rings dulled. The fiery binds unraveled. The Witch plummeted toward the hard floor. Kira turned away. Nothing. No sound. No crash of the Witch's skinny body on impact. Kira turned in confusion. Albatron had caught the burnt, frail body of her enemy, swooping low, flying out of the large open doorway. Kira watched the metal bird until it became a tiny dot on the skyline. All was silent. Kira? A faint voice called from the darkness. Kira snapped back to reality, remembering the mission wasn't over yet. She scampered around the floor. Zack! Zack, where are you? I'm here. Kira's skin iced. The little doll hung over the pit of eternity held by the scaly hand of Gouge. Nice try, Missy, but you forgot one small thing. Me! Terrence barked wildly and raced at Gouge. Gouge dropped Zack down into the nothingness. Sweet dreams, little prince. No, Zack! Kira threw herself over the edge of the pit without thought, because if he died, so would she. Chapter 23 The clock struck seven. And now, for our final act of the evening, Miss Kira Matthews! The spotlight shone onto Kira's face. Madam Swift began to play, somewhere over the rainbow on the piano. Kira stood motionless, trying to get her bearings. Looking down, expecting to see her bruised and bloody body. Instead, she wore a white floaty dress that Maddie helped her pick out last month. What new test was this? Was it the pit's torment? Was she still falling? Where was Zach? She didn't have time to be in this place. Wake up, she told herself. Wake up! The intro of the song played, three times at least, until Madame Swift became concerned and her sausage-like fingers stopped. "'Are you okay, Miss Matthews?' she barked in a baritone voice. "'Sing, Kira, sing!' a voice from the wings whispered. Kira turned to see Maddie looking worried. Kira closed her eyes. "'I have no right to sing. I lost. I can't sing now.' mumblings of the audience washed over her as parents and teachers alike became uncomfortable with the awkward girl before them. Kira glanced at the rings on her finger and heard that familiar tune in her mind. Feeling stronger now, with fresh warmth on her skin, imagining Joe and Daz smiling at her, urging her on. She could hear Zack's voice speaking softly into her ear, encouraging her. If this was an endless dream, at least he was in it. Her eyes flew open. The thumping of her heart was deafening. A beautiful sound escaped her lips. A song she didn't know, but recognised. Somehow, she was here singing it. Yonlooker's watched silently, taking in the song. The words formed a lullaby. Kira pictured a gentle blonde woman rocking a baby forward and back. Moonlight eclipsed the soft beauty of the woman's face. The audience seemed captivated, enchanted by the young songbird. Kira reached the end of the sweet song, feeling great sadness, yet strangely comforted. She had lost many loved ones this day. How could she ever be the same again? The crowd paused. Uncle Tom shot to his feet, brimming with pride, clapping wildly. The rest of the spectators followed his lead, a few shouting for more. Kira was immune to their praise, still unsure if this was real. Maddie ran onto the stage. "'You've won, Kira!' No, Maddie, I lost, looking into her friend's eyes, letting the tears finally escape. Chapter 24 Kira sat alone, letting both feet dangle over the edge of the pier, staring vacantly out to the horizon, trying to think of the positive things still left in her life. Her Uncle Tom, who thankfully hadn't disappeared and still seemed to love her no matter what, School holidays were over tomorrow and she'd barely said two words to him. The police questioned her on numerous occasions about the disappearance of Daz Firth and Joe Crosby. But any mention of them, Kira became inaudible and erupted with tears. She'd failed them. The only person she had really spoken to was Maddie. She had to tell her best friend the truth. She owed her that. Maddie grieved for Daz every minute of every waking day. Kira's guilt for her lost friends ate away at her. She'd get through a shift at Tom's cabin and then perch at the end of the pier to watch the sunset, wishing Zach had chosen somebody else, somebody stronger, wishing more than anything else that she'd see her three friends gliding up the prom toward her. They would laugh and joke, like they always did, but no one came. She watched the tide swish in and out, like it too wanted to be her friend and then left again when it realised what she'd done. "'Hey,' a soft voice from behind. Maddie, Kira jumped to her feet, grabbing her tightly. "'I'm so glad to see you. How are you holding up?' "'I'm getting there,' Maddie lied through her smile. "'I thought you blamed me.' "'No, of course I don't, silly. Can't imagine what you've gone through. "'Are going through. But us doing it alone can't be good,' Maddie sighed. "'I miss you so much, Maddie." Kira flung her arms around her friend once again, feeling some of the stress slowly floating away. I just want them back, she cried. Me too. Me too. Uh, who's that? Maddie whispered, peering over Kira's shoulder. Is it her, Kira? Has she come for you? Maddie trembled. Kira slowly pivoted. A dark, hooded figure walked toward them. Its heavy footsteps had deadly countdown as it walked the wooded slats of the long pier. Kira sucked in her breath in anticipation. Is it her, Kira? Maddie gasped edging backward to the edge of the pier so close to the sea below. The figure's face emerged from the shadow of the hood, a tall boy with piercing green eyes. Curly golden locks danced lightly around his face in the sea breeze. Standing tall before them, both girls were mesmerised. Hello, Kira. She looked hard at this stranger, knowing deep down that he wasn't so strange after all. You did it, Kira. You saved me. Zack? She knew his voice. No one else made her feel so calm and safe. Yes, it's me, he nodded. Kira jumped into his arms like a frightened child. It's good to see you too, Zack said, closing his eyes and stroking her hair. But how? You fell. You fell. You're right. I did fall. But with your strength combined with the ring's powers, it was too great a force for any evil to fight. On the stroke of seven, I found myself back in my bed. And I was me again. Don't you see? Your surge of love and determination happened exactly on my birthday. Seven o'clock. So you did it with no time to spare. Plus, you had both rings. It's like... It's like... My parents joining together to protect me in some way. Zack grabbed her arms. Look, we must act quickly if you want to save your friend. He's still alive? Kira's heart raced faster than her thoughts. Yes, and we have to go now. Maddie stepped forward. Take me too, I want to help. "'Alas, I cannot. This is Kira's quest alone,' Zack replied. "'But why? Why is it mine alone?' Kira frowned. "'All truths will reveal themselves to us in time. But now there is no time. Trust me once again. You didn't let me down, and I won't abandon you,' Zack squeezed her shoulder. "'Please, Maddie, stay here, or I know you're safe. That'll be all the help I need.' Kira hugged her disappointed friend. I'll be back soon. If anything happens, if anything happens to me, tell my uncle I love him. Kira, take my hand, Zack said. Kira took a deep breath and put her hand in his. The End Part One Good night.